0: Ladies and gentlemen, I did not expect this many of you to show up and it's aggravating my crippling fear of public speaking, so I'll keep this brief. It's a truth we can no longer deny. Los Angeles is thirsty. Last summer was the hottest summer ever, and this summer is the hottest summer ever. It's dry, it's dusty, it's crispity-crunchity. Every great metropolis has been supplied by an even greater life force, and ours, it seems, is finally running low. And that's why we're here today, to dedicate a brand new Los Angeles aqueduct! Please, I'm very nervous. Water! is what our forefathers drank, and I swore I'd never be like our forefathers. We need a drink for a new generation. A generation of screenwriters, Pilates instructors, and others who claim to be employed on a Wednesday afternoon. What this city needs is cold, hard, cold brew coffee! A whole aqueduct full of it! I love
1: public speaking! Bow, Thou! Bow!
0: Oh, no, this is exactly what I feared.
1: You're robbing the Owens Valley of its precious cold brew coffee.
0: What's it to you, you thirsty old hag?
1: That's Mayor Thirsty Old Hag to you of the Owens Valley. <sighs> That's our cold brew, and we need it.
0: Yeah, well, so do we, and we need it by brunch, because I'll be damned if I'm going to be sitting at the end of the seventh ray sipping hot coffee on a hot day.
1: Wait, you're going to drink it?
0: Yeah, out of a mason jar. <laughs>
1: Shame on you. We just learned how to regrow sustainable crops using cold brew coffee after our water was stolen. Now you've cling jumped our cold
0: brew. You're growing crops with coffee?
1: Yeah, and things are going great. Crops are growing way past their bedtime. Bo.
0: Well, it's too late now because all I have to do is give the signal and enough cold brew's gonna come rushing down that hill to last us through this current Instagram trend.
1: Boys! Don't do it! Caramel! You don't know the forces you're about to unleash.
0: Frappuccino. There it is. Take it. With cream and sugar.
1: You've done it. You've drained the lifeblood from the land and now it's on your hands. The doom you've brought upon your own people cannot be ignored or defeated. It's a
0: plague. And now the plague is yours disappeared into a pile of espresso beans. Grind him up and toss him into the aqueduct. Now, does anyone know where the nearest lift station is? What the kale is that? Ooh, what's that? That's
1: the sun,
0: darling. We really are a long way from home.
1: Which is Seattle.
0: Washington!
1: And now that the city has a wellspring of cold brew, we're here to stay. Is there, like, any Victorian houses that me and, like, 18 of my friends could crash
0: in? Is Guitar Center hiring?
1: We're all, like, the real coffee shops in the city. Like, the real ones. You know, they have, like, poetry open mics. This seems like a good place to sit down and have people see me read.
0: Do they make flannel bikinis
1: you guys have a space needle or your building's still terrestrial
0: i want to try something new with the cold brew i want to warm it up it's called hot brew do you know where woodland hills is i hear that's where dave Grohl lives Ugh. now we need to switch to an aqueduct of yerba mate
1: where can i find the indie dog parks
2: Hi, welcome to episode fifty-five of Allie Meekly, the podcast that will have you going. Why do they talk so fast?
0: <laughs> the show that will have reviewers saying stars. <laughs> so, hi, Greg. Hi, Daniel. How are you? Hello. Mouth are glitched. you LA history rific? <laughs> Are you feeling knowledgeable today? <laughs> because um, if so... Yes. I don't know. Oh, boy. No, you you really carried me. You carried me
2: for a while, and uh, I, I, I believed where I you, you were going. I mean, I I I'm flustered. D- I believed in you. You were Harvey Dent. I trusted you. I trusted you. I
0: trusted you, and you had nowhere to go with that line. You split your face. You scared me. You scared me. <laughs> that's what Batman said to Two-Face. <laughs> he, Harvey Two-Face <laughs> when he first That's said. what he
2: said to Scarecrow.
0: <laughs> I almost said Harvey Danger. <laughs> the ultimate Batman villain, Harvey, <laughs> Harvey Danger. Harvey
2: the 90s man harvey danger
0: harvey dangerfield <laughs> this is why people say those things about us on reviews
2: yeah and this is why they say that we're mostly a word association podcast and i get it
0: but we talk fast and that's a good quality
2: i know i was surprised when they said the reviewer said that talking fast was a good thing like
0: the first time i've ever heard that that's not what the judge said when i was trying to do circles around the da but <laughs> <laughs>
2: i had a better defense because i talked faster
0: the best defense is talking really fast <laughs> stenographer can't get you Try to keep up. <laughs> Let's do this and see and try to keep up. <laughs> I didn't kill it. Uh, okay. So, before we get into anything yes. that we normally do, you know, talking about the defense attorneys, which is something we always do. Always do. We just want to mention, if you haven't heard already, we were on a friend of ours' podcast, Cindy Arvino. We were on the You Do What podcast. It was a two-part. Uh, yeah. We were both on together, tandem. <laughs> and it was a two-parter. The first part, you can hear us talking about how we met each other, the origin story. Yeah. yeah. Harvey Danger yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and our budding friendship yes. and then the second part is kind of how we behind the scenes of how we do this podcast so if you're interested yeah. in that you should check that out.
2: It's a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun and a lot of silly time fun and then Cindy is also having fun because she's, <laughs> and she's, Cindy, our, she's our comedy mom. Cindy so. tolerated so, it. And
0: Cindy allowed it. Yeah, so that is that. Yes. And now, uh, hey Greg.
2: Hi Daniel. What
0: have you done in the past month?
2: Oh, I forgot to <sighs> tell you about my plan. I went to Cinespia and I watched Casablanca for the first oh, time. Oh yeah. And I first time in, going to Cinespia. In the Hollywood Forever yeah, for for, yeah, like for forever. Ha, 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 <laughs> ha, ha, ha. It was great. I had a really good time. Oh, Hollywood Hollywoodland, Foreverland.
0: Yeah, you saw Casablanca. I saw
2: Casablanca. The White House <laughs> for, the uh, for the first time. The first time. I loved it.
0: It's still weird to me that you had never seen Casablanca before. Yeah, there's a
2: lot. I still haven't seen Citizen Kane. There's a lot of classics that really? sit by me. no one's ever sat me down and be like, you want to watch Citizen Kane with I'll me? I'll sit you
0: down.
3: Do
2: it. I'll be a real flagpole sitter. <laughs> Harvey D. I I told you that I was watching, and you're excited. And as I was there, you immediately were like, were people looking at you because you look like Peter Lorre and asking for pictures? I'm like, okay, well that ruined <laughs> the movie for me. I mean, that wasn't my first time hanging out there for an event because i used to do the day of the dead thing there (laughs) with my family so there's a nice return back to your roots yeah cinespe was really cool i enjoyed it but that portlandia sketch where they set up a picnic for the outdoor movie it's (laughs) not far off from what really happens
0: (laughs) Uh, that's like the reason i never went to it is because i'm against outdoor movies because i feel like people are always talking during outdoor movies you said everyone was completely yeah it was really quiet yeah there was including the couple next to you who didn't say a word they didn't to each say other.
2: a word the entire time before the movie after the movie there is sitting next two people sitting next to her not saying a word to each other it, it was they, so
0: scary they must be married
2: Vertigo's coming up this saturday we're not going oh.
0: Uh, me neither. I'm not <laughs> going either.
2: We are not going because Daniel never clarified whether he
0: wanted to go or not. So now we're not going. Well, isn't it? I'm working and you were going to get there before I was going to be yeah. off work.
2: But we would have saved you. A, that's how it works. I'll save, you a, I'll save you a spot of my blankie.
0: And I'm going to have to climb over a mountain of Woodstock freaks. It, to was, get,
2: <laughs> it was pretty bad because we had wine and I don't know if a lot of people know this. When I drink, I need a, a Johnny three bags. I go to the bathroom three times. If I have one beer, I got
0: to pee three times. What's the it. bathroom? Is it, is it like port? port potties? parties. It's open grave. <laughs> <laughs> you, you pee against the mausoleum. No. No, they're porta <laughs> They dig up. um I was gonna say Jim Morrison's grave, but there's who, who's yeah, because there? this is in France. Right? Isn't there a statue of like Johnny Ramone? Johnny Ramone is yeah. there. Yeah, he's Just a Republican, so beard. we could pee on him because he's Republican. That. Yeah, yeah, he's
2: into it. Yeah, he's a Nazi. That's what he, he
0: built his whole career on. That.
2: <laughs> I think you're thinking of the Dead Boys, but okay,
0: uh, I'll allow it. <laughs>
2: he's a Dead Boy. Now. He's a uh, um, <laughs> don't laugh at that, but okay, because he's Republican, and I'll take it.
0: <laughs> well, my thing in the past month I went to was car night at Bob's Big Boy. Oh, that's in, right, you went to car
3: night. Yeah,
0: that was really cool because it was a happy. Coincidence because we our, our movie pass was malfunctioning and we're yeah. like, well, what else are we gonna do? And yeah. we drove by Bob's Big Boy and we saw that was happening. Did you eat there too? Or you just well because they, they have a walk-up window that's only open during the car night, car night yeah. and I got the last milkshake of the night. Oh my god, so, did they call it that? Yeah, all the cars they gave a 21 hawk <laughs> salute. <laughs> but it was really cool. Like I I don't you know, I don't really care about cars at all, but there were you there know, were Hondas. There were
2: Fords. <laughs> you hit a certain age where any old car is really neat. Yeah. Taken while well, these guys take really good care of the cars so It's like the pride of it's pride and joy. Yeah, so they like to show it off. They're really,
0: and there was a low rider there that was like showing off. Oh, yeah, do the hydraulics. Yeah. yeah, No, it was showing off. No, it's, the cars, uh, they're huge, like yeah. they're so big. They're it's, big it's metal insane. monsters yeah, yeah. It's so crazy how big they are. Yeah, it, it's nice. And all the people are there. The people who own the cars obviously are yeah. there, and they all seem to know each other. And they're, I'm normally frightened <laughs> around cars and people who know stuff about yeah. cars, but everyone seemed very friendly. Yeah. Like they didn't mind that I was like, oh my god, look yeah. at this, <laughs> look at the red on this nah. Chevy, and there's some like novelty cars of, you know, like this one has like spinning Cans on it or right. something, but it was fun. I yeah. like
2: that a lot. I used to, I mean, I, as you know, my most of my childhood was going to car shows with my dad. <laughs> and it was a lot of just like appreciating, like my because the car guys are so weird because they can look at a tail light and be like, well, it's not 54, it must be a 53, or yeah. it's like between a 51 to 54 Chevy. And they discontinued this pointy, uh, this like cone like tail light.
0: Yeah, that's what they say, the pointy cone. The light. pointy,
2: I'm, that's me playing telephone with whatever <laughs> they say. I like all the small details of old cars. I like going to old cars. They were they playing oldies. That's my favorite part. That's they, what I walked away with the most. I think they shows.
0: were. The, I, you know, I don't remember or, what they the were playing. Oldies. All I heard was vroom, vroom, vroom. Okay, yeah. they were playing the zoom, zoom song over and over. Oh Oregon. yeah, they were playing
2: that double um, yeah. A. Mm-hmm, MCO yeah.
0: it's every Friday night from four to ten. By the way, at the That's Bob's cool. Big Way in Burbank. Have we talked about on this already the time that we um, yeah that we recently were- <laughs> drove through a lowrider parade <laughs> in my Honda Civic Hybrid? Yeah, I was. We were. were we trying? Oh, it was
2: Cinco de Mayo. One.
0: Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: we were trying to go to Bodagons, which was my family, yeah. r- which became the last night because gentrification happens. And we sat, and we were like, I know. I'll Quick way and we're going here and here, and then we just turned on Allezion Park on Elysian Park Drive, I think. And we're just like, oh no, and the cars just stopped, and people are just taking pictures of the cars in front of us and the cars behind us. We're like, oh no, 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 no. I uh, just I, want to see us on the Lowrider magazine. The
0: Lowrider of the Future. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what we've been up to yeah. in the past month. It was fun. It was fun the things we did separately. Separately,
2: yeah. Are we starting our almost new segment?
0: Yeah. Not what, almost what new, that? but we it's the one that's as new as the one we just did. That's the one. Let's get on to our new, our our newest, newest segment. Newest
2: newest, the second newest segment. Oh.
0: Reader questions. We're gonna call this jaywalking from now on <laughs> we don't have a good title i thought i don't think jaywalking's taken yet jaywalking's fine with me i don't care you think i care <laughs> let jay leno's lawyers <laughs> after me. again let him try this one's from at cry box on instagram that's a funny name so here's this question for us this month out of the many varied criminals you've covered over the course of this podcast who would you say was the most handsome one follow-up would you use the word dashing to describe them we had a lot of discussion. We did. Going you know mine. This. I don't know yours. Yeah. Well, let's hear yours first.
2: Outlaw Tabersco Vasquez.
0: He is an uggo.
2: He's not an yeah. uggo. Okay, he has a caveman brow, sure.
0: Yeah. But he's a good-looking he look, guy. That
2: Okay, the photos of him, of where he's wearing a suit and he's leaning on a thing, that's dashing. No, I'll say that.
0: No. He's a good-looking guy. The suit, the suit does not make the man. He looks He cleans like, up well. <laughs> he looks like every guy I knew in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to middle school in college? Because
2: these guys, he's a big, tall, burly man, big shoulders. No,
0: he's not burly. He's kind of scrawny. He's
2: not scrawny at he's all. He's
0: scrawny. He went to my middle school. Oh, okay? my God.
2: He's not scrawny. No. He's a strong. He's I, you're,
0: tall, dark, and handsome. You're being fooled by his charm. Oh, my God. He he did seem, from what we read, he seemed to be charming, but I don't yeah. find him attractive. I had a lot of trouble because I think that there's a problem of attractive criminals in Los Angeles. Yeah. There's not many of them. And like I said- That's I was, why they commit crimes. They weren't good looking enough to follow the rules.
2: <laughs> More Taberisco Vasquez for me. <laughs> now don't. I don't
0: have to share him. <laughs> I was really scrambling to find one. You were. You and were the person me. the person I picked isn't- He's kind of a criminal. Okay. He committed a crime Fire. and done other things that- probably were crimes. Okay, His crime was that he sold classified documents from Hughes Aerospace to Israel. The person I'm talking about is Jack Parsons.
2: Oh my God. (laughs) You know what? Jack Parsons is good looking. He's really good (laughs) looking. looking. I I would
0: use the word dashing (laughs) to describe him. (laughs) When he's he's not covered
2: in everyone else's semen. He's doing pretty good. Uh, Are you going to watch Strange Angel?
0: I don't have... Time. Uh, now, I, don't, I don't have whatever that CBS All Access is. I see. But, you know, I was talking about it with Melissa. Like, they're, how are they really going to do that show, especially on CBS? Like, yeah. the things he got up to, like, they're not going to show that on CBS. Yeah, no. And it's not going to be... They're going to make him seem like, oh, what a cool guy. Yeah, they're going to sec- He was gross. He was gross. <laughs> like, they're
2: going to make sex magic seem like it's threesomes with attractive yeah. people. He no, was basically just like... Yeah, it's like ghosts and... He was and... jaying off in the bushes yeah. up in Montrose. Pasadena. <laughs> yeah, Pasadena and Montrose
0: or whatever. Yeah, it's gross. Gross. a good looking and guy though <laughs> <laughs> i will be watching it with mute on <laughs> TV.
2: i almost picked david h clark who's the guy who shot charles crawford but i forgot that i didn't talk about i talked about charles crawford getting shot at the crossroads yeah, the place that ended up being the crossroads of the world but i didn't say david clark's
0: name so I but also didn't go. you say he was a da he was a da who shot charles crawford and went to the, the one jail. that i was trying to talk circles around but He's that's another thing, thing like a da well depending on who you ask a da isn't a criminal if you commit a crime, you're a criminal. Criminal, yeah. That's how the law works. And you, yeah. go, you should go to prison forever. That's No matter what you do. No matter what the charges are. <laughs> no matter how minor it is, I think you should go to prison for life. <laughs> and that concludes our... Thank uh, you, crying Box. ...for outing us for the <laughs> libertarianism. <laughs> That's not a libertarian. They do no, it in the opposite. They do. We're fascists.
2: <laughs> Libertarians is too kind. We're fascists.
0: <laughs> Please. My father Please. was a libertarian. <laughs> I'm a fascist. <laughs> now let's get into it. What we're going to be talking about... What, what do we talk about when we talk about what we're going to be talking about. Uh, <laughs> discussions. Uh, this episode is going to be on the water system water of system. Los Angeles. Most, Most importantly, uh, I, the water wars. I, I, yeah the water, water wars is world. what you
2: covered more specifically yeah that's why
0: i say most importantly
2: most imp- wow okay i guess i'll just go you know tell me next time it's most important i, guess I won't ju-
0: do 16 pages or whatever i did this time <laughs> i guess i'll just be up in the woods of montrose
2: <laughs> <Ah-ha>, Montrose <laughs> licking the butthole of some goat or whatever
0: he did i don't know i wasn't paying attention when he talked <laughs> tune into strange angels <laughs> now that is strange <laughs> who's gonna play the goat <laughs> where's the
2: goat where's the goat <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a matter kid you don't like butt chops <laughs> that's the first reference of the episode from one of our two movies we always yeah mentioned.
2: i wanted to cover the river and what the area was like, which made your story relevant. And then I just ended up covering water because like the river, like, okay, well, how does the river work? Okay, are we not a desert? And then I had to stop and be like, how do rivers work? And I had to look up all of that. So then I'm just giving you basically Uh, like a hundred years of the river.
0: This podcast is turning to all of the science class lessons you missed.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm going to school you on how rivers are made because I had to look it up and I had to go to websites that were designed for science for kids.
0: (laughs) I had to go to website (laughs) waterwarfsforkids.com.
1: I'm William Mulholland and I had a crazy idea. I would like to kill farmers.
0: <laughs> are you ready for me to start? Yeah, I'm ready. Wait a minute. Everybody, everybody, Strap you ready?
3: <laughs> and it's, Why
2: and it? it's, it's all uh, footage from soccer fans that have been crying for the last two days because someone in their country made the first goal in the entirety of soccer. You're dating us. Uh,
0: I wish. <laughs> just like, I wish it's I was dating Vasquez.
2: <laughs> okay, I'm going to give my sources first because that's really important. All my information comes from these books and some websites, William Mulholland and the Rise of Los Angeles by Catherine Mulholland, his daughter. That, so, no,
0: it's his granddaughter. Oh,
2: it's his granddaughter. Daughter. Yeah. The Los Angeles River, It's Life, Death, and Possible Rebirth by B. Gumpriff. It's a hard name to say.
0: Bubba Gump Shrimp.
2: Yeah, that's him. The Great Thirst, Californians and Water, 1700s to 1990s by Norris Hundley Jr. I use the website for the Water and Power Associates. Water yeah, and Power that's, a Org. Really ho- that's a so really helpful, helpful. website. Web, for everything. Web fight. Website.
0: Website. <laughs> <laughs> website. Yeah, every everything. Topic we yeah, covered. So they have much a really valid. great archive. Yeah,
2: they really do. Also, great articles come from KCT. And I never. Yeah. Three things that most Angelenos hear in regards to a river is that one,
0: you call that a river.
2: <laughs> (laughs) Two, we stole the water. And three that we're a desert. Let's just mm-hmm. clear these up. First And the off,
0: answer to all three is so what? So
2: what? <laughs> Surfboards. First off, we're not a desert. Los Angeles is closer to having what is called a Mediterranean type climate, which produces extremes of surface flow typical of more arid environments with floodwaters periodically making new streaming channels across the area. In fact, any real- Like
0: CBS All Access. <laughs> ah, you're
2: a funny guy. In fact, any real text about <laughs> Southern California climate will use the term semi-arid, yeah. which some people disagree with, but semi-arid is the second driest climates in the world.
0: semi arid in some parts.
2: That's our. County. We don't really count that. Los California. Angeles
0: is semi-arid. Orange County is semi-arian. Those are the two climates <laughs> of Southern climates. California. Yeah.
2: We are the second driest climates in the world after deserts, known for the dry climates. So we're not a desert. We're just shy one climate change catastrophe from being a desert. <laughs> semi-arid climates typically receive up to twice the amount of rain that desert regions do, up to 20 inches per year. According to climate types for kids, think of semi-arid as- Ask a-
0: your parents before you click further. <laughs>
2: What's a climate? I don't know. I saw the word mate in it. I don't, I don't think it's safe. <laughs>
0: safe search won't let me look. <laughs> Up what climate
2: <laughs> is. Think of semi-arid as a transition climate between dry and wetter places. These areas can be dangerous. They, they sometimes receive enough rain. Thinking to of
0: a place between a dry and a wet place. <laughs> a
2: tune into Strange Angel. They sometimes <laughs> receive enough <laughs> rain to support some farming, but after a few years, the area can experience a
1: long drought.
2: Sound familiar? So when uh, people say LA is a desert, now you go play.
1: No, the region is closer to being
0: semi-arid, <laughs> and we have a Mediterranean
2: type climate. So not really, Becky. Becky from Orange County. Becky from Orange
0: County. <laughs> All right, the river. hile truth. Uh,
2: all science!
0: Tune into Strange Angel.
2: People said there's no real river in LA, but the river is the life essence of the city, and it kind of has always been. So the Ice Age ends, spoiler alert, solids turn into liquids. Ice Age 2
0: begins. Everyone's Search for Scratch or whatever.
2: I'm so glad you interrupted that for that. Solids turn into liquids, but also solids. 20 million years ago, most of the southern half of Los Angeles County was covered by seawater, obviously. The ocean had come up to areas like Pasadena, Pomona, and Ventura, and then millions of years passed after that, and the oceans received, mountains raised up in the air, and the Los Angeles basin becomes a series of wetlands and marshes close to what you see in Bolsa Chica and Huntington Beach, but mm. more of that. There was no actual river because the water that would come into our area naturally wouldn't have any path to exit. There was no connection between where we were, where the water was coming from, and the ocean. So it would just soak in the soil, making ponds and marshes, and create beautiful, lush landscape. Early Spanish explorers... Like
0: Westlake Park.
2: Like Westlake Park. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Like MacArthur Park. Beautiful. Naturally
0: created. And Complete it, with sidewalks. No, where do the concubines oh boy? Where do the, the concubines go? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: early Spanish explorers remarked that much of the area looked like Eden. What they meant by that was it was sunny and there was bushes. That's all that really means.
0: (laughs) We want to talk about sunny bushes doing into strange (laughs) (laughs) angels.
2: We did have very rich soil and it made this area, LA County, the most productive agricultural county in the US up to the fifties. That's centuries and thousands and millions of orange groves there were streams and creeks and washes and some deposits into the ocean but nothing significant there was no main river just scattered waterways so where does the water come from well three places really short answer the Santa Monica Mountains the San Gabriel Mountains which both push water towards downtown and it converges near the Elysian Arrows and the third is a giant underground reservoir underneath the valley did you know about that
0: are you talking about the aquifer
2: I guess I, there was no or are you talking
0: about the lizard people I'm
2: talking about lizard people on the,
0: their water supply
2: and their water supply would they swim in <laughs> to answer <laughs> lizards
0: this, love swimming no
2: <laughs> we all know that they love to be wet and they hate the sun, which is why they're underground. Lizard people arguments never accounted for that.
0: What? That lizards love like the, the sun? Like the sun and yeah. why are they
2: underground? It's
0: it's more of a slur. They're not actual. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, I didn't realize that. Sorry. I apologize to lizard people. Uh, tell it
0: to the ground. Okay.
2: <laughs> so to answer this, I had to watch an educational video for kids on how rivers are made. Okay. So the ocean receded, plates shifted, mountains pushed higher. As they did, they collected rain and snow and precipitation. That collects and streams down mountains, making fresh water flow. That Water that collects softens the sediment or the soil at the base of the mountain and could sometimes seep deep into the ground. The valley has a subsurface reservoir. The underground reservoir below the valley is 175 square miles and could hold up to 3.2 million acre feet in quotations of water, roughly 1 trillion gallons. This is one of the larger natural reservoirs in the state. Visualize the valley as a huge bowl that's filled to the brim with water and has tips slightly causing the water to overflow. That overflow is our river. The exit point for this underground reservoir and what some consider the starting point of what was to become the alley River starts in Encino.
0: It all begins at Midori Sushi.
2: Cupid's Hot Dog. <laughs> so water trickles into the ground and flows southeast with a gentle slope of the terrain of the valley and when there is too much water it overflows and comes to the surface. So there's what some people call like an upside down river. So and the surface you are talking
0: about the aquifer.
2: I didn't know that was a name for. It. I never saw that name yeah. in any of the readings. It,
0: well, I guess uh, they don't mention it in the children's reading. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they don't they don't ow. talk about it on Nick Jr. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I had to right real fast because this was on the promos and between uh, Doug... <laughs>
0: I think it also is in, I mean, it's in other parts of the, uh, the city also. Yeah,
2: probably. Yeah. I imagine it's just
0: I, the valley. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Once the water comes to the, up to the ground level, it doesn't stay up here, though. Sometimes it goes back into the soil. It's, it's just
0: like a lizard person. just
2: like a lizard person. It'll come up and get a, you know, it'll buy some postcards and go back down. This is what created- <laughs> you have any keychains? <laughs> <laughs> this is what created the marshes and washes of our area. So the water has no definitive way to exit the terrain. Water seeps down and comes up to the surface when it encounters a rock mass that it can't move past, like the Santa Monica Mountains. Or like
0: my, my muscles.
2: Or like your muscles. It just can't, it doesn't know what to do. Like, am I supposed to soak up? And it just goes around you. That's why you can't take showers. Speaking of not taking showers, tune into Strange Angel. (laughs) The overflow from this natural reservoir supplied most of the dry season flow of the river. So... The water doesn't come directly from the mountain or a surface runoff. It comes from this subterranean source. This means we usually have a trickle or a slow stream for most of the dry season. And then when there's a heavy rainstorm, those river paths and channels turn into violent turbulent floods of angry, dark water.
0: Even still, it's coming up. Like, where does the LA River now begin?
2: I think that it, the aqueduct is most of it.
0: But that doesn't flow into the LA River. Doesn't it? No. I guess it's still an underground source. Because I've tried to trace, like, you know, because it goes right by my apartment and it yeah. goes, like, right by my work. That's,
2: <laughs> that's the one that starts here. I don't know what Mulholland's connection to most of that is, but if you're saying it no. doesn't connect to it, no, that's then we still connected. get it all from this place, which, because we're going through droughts, we get less of it.
0: But the river water we don't now use to drink, that drains no. into the ocean. Yeah, that drains into the ocean. Yeah, yeah. it's still the same place. It's I mean, still, I drink it. I think it's good.
2: It's the Seco, which gets it from San Gabriel, I believe, if my reading's correct, and then the Santa Monica Mountains, which is, produces most of what goes into the resin. Okay, because
0: it's also coming from like the North west part of the valley
2: yeah isn't that san gabriel mountains connect i don't over know here? i don't know where I to they gabriel. do but yeah because one of my urban planning teachers rode his bike from pasadena or altadena across and it comes over these hills. it must connect
0: i think this is runoff from the rocket meltdown that's
2: what it is Rocketdyne.
0: <laughs> Rocketdyne rocket dine and dash nah. <laughs> that's what they it. did after the meltdown <laughs> we have See to you go later. <laughs> okay
2: so speaking of the mountain ranges by the way let's talk about san gabriel mountains which i just did and it's relation <laughs> to the alley river Let's talk
0: about your professor
2: what we get from i believe royal secco comes from san gabriel mountains because those mountain ranges are so high, they receive much more precipitation, trapping more eastern-moving storms. So downtown LA averages 15 inches of rain a year. So some mountain peaks in San Gabriel, they get more like more than 40 inches of precipitation hmm. annually. So and it's, they can get snow sometimes.
0: And they can get snow sometimes. Which There's snow better. caps. Yeah. Ooh, they have snow caps. Yeah. Nonpareils, sugar-free. It's good for me unless I eat too many yeah, and it then it. I'm in one pickle of a penny
2: <laughs> <laughs> my mom won't take me to ER and I'm begging her I've done something horribly wrong so the path of the alley river as we now recognize it it begins in an underground reservoir as I said it comes from Encino and trickles and meanders east along the base of the Santa Monica mountains through present-day Universal City and Burbank before turning southeast to Griffith Park where it follows the eastern boundary of the mountains the Verdugo the Royal Seco adds to the flow during the winter months the river reaches the coastal plain at the gap between two hills known as the Glendale Narrows which is if you're wondering That's at. It's off of Western, kind of like where the 5 and 34 intertwine. Like where
0: Golden Road Brewery is? Kind of, yeah.
2: (laughs) It's at like two or three mile stretch right there. The Glendale Narrows, the valley's only outlet to the sea, is from this point, where the hills and the narrows on both sides bottleneck and lead south and they go towards Legion Park, then it goes into Doyle Heights. Glendale Narrows is where the river has its greatest natural surface flow in the area. This is due to the ridge that forms the eastern extension of the Santa Monica Mountains. It dips below the ground at this point. So there's an abundance of water flow in this area between Burbank and downtown. This is the only part of the river that is not dry. At least part of the year. Through this section of the river, the city was supplied for more than a century with water. After the Glendale Narrows, the river either continues through the Elysian Narrows or it will continue towards the base of the bluffs, which became Boyle Heights, that like big ridge there. If and when it continued towards downtown and the Pueblo that would establish there, the river stream would become even more indefinite. It would shift and weave through South Lake, splitting into what I can call sub rivers. Pay attention, science community. The water did not connect to the ocean, like I said, so it settled into marshes and dry washes, sinking into absorbent sands and gravels. Although I also read there was a path for the river along Washington Boulevard that would go out Playa del Rey. This is now the Bologna Creek in Culver City. The Bologna wetlands area is said to be where the original people of Los Angeles first settled after leaving the Great Basin somewhere between 9,000 BCE and 2,500 BCE.
0: I feel like that's not enough time back then to travel from those two places. Yeah, no. It took us 7,500 years. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we got
2: here. This is just water life and everything that water produces. It's a life essence. It's a life force. It's an element. As I mentioned before, the plant life in the area. Water. Was...
0: The ever-flowing river.
2: <laughs> it's what rivers are made of. The plant life in the area was lush with different <laughs> types of plants there's cottonwoods wild grasses willow grew along the river there's a lot of oak trees in the area, and i didn't realize that oak trees grow acorns and acorns are what the kich use for like everything oh, it was right. like the, with their food that they survived on for however long they were have doing. you had
0: acorn before no i've had it have it's pretty you? good yeah i liked it it was in elementary school and someone made uh, like ele- like acorn mash the oh yeah just yeah, yeah. eat and it was really good
2: there was once a giant sycamore tree raising 60 feet above the river, 20 feet around the trunk that was a landmark for generations and it grew from a spot that would eventually become 5th Street in downtown. This tree would be a council tree for the local tribespeople. In some areas, there was yuccas and cacti. They would grow mostly in the valley. There was scattered juniper, prickly pear, and a succulent known as Lord's candle growing specifically in the valley. Animals in the area would gravitate towards the stream and marshes. At least seven species of fish once lived in the river and its streams and more than 100 species are represented by egg sets collected along the Alley River and its smaller waterways. Egg sets? Egg sets. It's gross. Is
0: that the tree that we talked about? I in feel the, like it uh, was. I only saw like a couple mentions of episode.
2: it. Yeah, I feel like that was a big council tree that uh, yeah, cursed think, that guy. Yeah. sighed beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: something like that. And it fell on his like wife or
2: something. Ah, I'm pretty sure that's the same tree. <laughs> Birds and mountain lions would drink from the water, as would coyotes, gray foxes, and some grizzly bears and deer. And then man <laughs> The Keech were hunters and gatherers and they would hunt the animals that would stop to drink water there. They would use the acorns for the oak trees that grew because of the river. 1769, when the Portola expedition comes through town, they put it in their tyranny journals. They note the water trickle that would one day become the Alley River that they could just jump over, apparently. <laughs> they said it was a few feet wide. People could walk over it more than... It was more of a spring or a creek than a river. They stood at the confluence of the Alley River and the Arroyo Seco, which is Spanish for the dry wash, and thought, this is a pretty good place. Place to make a pueblo. We'll, I think we'll do it here. They stood off of San Fernando Boulevard under the Five Freeway, where it connects with the 110 near Lincoln Heights Jail. Just park there and walk over, and you can go there. So the Spanish just are in jump town. Jump over the river. They jump me. over the river. In so the Spanish are in town, and the Keats treat them decently. And explorers are going around measuring plots and putting flags and everything, just hanging out. Portola fords the river, which is just like I said, a small. I thought hop. he could walk over it. Oh, sorry, I forgot to say that it was in quotations. Fords the river, <laughs> which he hops over it and names the river. He calls it Rio de. Si Uncula, And it's all downhill from here. July in 1781, like you said previously, King Carlos III of Spain grants the rights to the river of the town of Los Angeles. This was, this was part of a royal charter that established a sleepy little pueblo town. Eleven to settler families, like 44 people, was it, came to Los mm. Angeles were assigned by a Spanish crown to build makeshift houses out of mud and stuff. But they, okay, this is where my story separates from the previous story. The Spanish like crown. The
0: river, this is their sub-river. This is their of, sub-river, uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: like the crown said, you settlers gotta supply yourself with the fresh water. From that point, it was a whole pueblo participatory act, digging ditches, building dams, which they call a toma, which is made out of like tree trunks and brush and rocks and mud. That's what they made dams out of. This dam was built at the spot of the confluence, which you could still go to. Men and boys use shovels to construct a zanja, zan, sorry, zanja, which is Spanish for ditch.
0: I'm glad you mispronounced it first, so I don't have to now. Uh,
2: Yeah, no, I should have spelled it wrong, so I could have said it right. <laughs> which ran along the original plaza and then east along the new agriculture- a a plaja. That's a beach. Um, uh,
0: that's plahaya.
2: <laughs> plahaya. Okay, so it ran east along the new agricultural fields that were growing and people were starting in Agricultural park? Yeah, that was the oldest thing in LA. Farmers dug ditches from uh, Zanha Madre, which is the mother ditch, the main ditch, to their land and used primitive stopgates to control the flow of the water. So there was this mother ditch, and from that mother ditch, there were smaller irrigation ditches to direct water directly to people's I'm stuff. A mother. People living around the missions would collect water in ollas, which are water jugs. The- "Eyes?" Oh, yes. Close, though. <laughs> Kids can often be splashing around in the Zanha. Many were using it as a bathtub. It was Ooh. also used as an unofficial, get uh, ready for this, unofficial sewer. Uh, a streaming oh, washing machine. Please remember
0: to go upstream Up when you- Upstream.
2: <laughs> as far as, go to Burbank. A streaming washing machine and a giant trash can like Daniel treats the current day river.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's right behind my apartment. Nah. Where I'm not going to throw my, oh, my old n- microwaves in it. Oh, I missed. <laughs> I'm so strong, I threw it over the dumpster. Nah. I could put it in the dumpster. I could do that easy. I like to put it in the river. I
2: like to see what happens.
0: <laughs> the ducks make houses nah. out of it.
2: Zanhas were usually about three feet wide and about a, a foot or so deep, running about five miles per hour, which in those days was about one quarter per mile. Of course, Fastest can, thing they've ever seen. One well, quarter mile, you can get chips a gallon of milk <laughs> right on the trolley. They completed the Zanja Madre in October of that year. The ditch was split into two paths. One ran behind the settlers' homes and carried water for domestic needs. The other ran more south and brought water to the fields and to the pobladores. They could maintain crops and stuff. The Keats somehow supplied more fresh water for domestic use rather than the stagnant Zanja, and thus they capitalized on this.
0: So they had a better... Source. Probably had a better okay. source. The first, the lizard bit- people. <laughs> hey, what <do> I want? <laughs> Do you have Dasani?
1: T- <laughs> yeah, smart water down there? It's just,
2: it's just colder. It gets colder. I don't know why. The first ditch, the one for domestic needs, was used so little after the quiches getting better water for people that it doesn't even show up on the map of the time. After that, there was nine tributary zanjas flowing from the mother ditch to provide irrigation water to different districts throughout Los Angeles. This water supplies the grapes for the vineyards, which they did in 1803, and the orange groves in 1815. Grain and moss were the first two cash crops that were-
0: Grain and what? Uh, corn. Oh, maize. 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 Nice. <laughs> that's, a, that's the Spanish translation of Borat. The, Borot.
2: Borot. They were the first two cash crops that we had. Orchards and vineyards and gardens flourished, as we know already. The water made this all possible. Essence of life. Essence of life. As the Pueblo settlement grew, local government took over the management of the water supply from the citizens. The water was such an important aspect that the men hired to take care of the ditches as aneros became one of the more important figures of this era, as important as the mayor. And one reading, I read that they made even more money than the mayor did. They
0: had a good time. Unions. So I, this was- <laughs> Not in my fascist America.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so agriculture at this time was a mainstay for our area because commerce and real estate, before they took over, it was all just producing crops and stuff like that. And whatever you can grow, that's how you made money. So the Zanhas in the river were essential to the growth of the city. But the Zanhas were open ditches. So it was 100% vulnerable to the elements, sicknesses, dead animals, poo-poo water, stagnation. It was, it was kind of gross.
0: Not the poo-poo animals.
2: It was okay for growing whatever, but like domestic use, like taking baths and stuff. Mm-hmm. If you weren't going to jump in the river and be a jerk, then it was kind of hard to... Get drinking water. And then the 19th century hits. With it comes the true villain of the story. A villain that was heavily featured in one of our first episodes, floods. And lots of them.
0: The villain we can never quite beat: nature. <laughs> nature.
2: <laughs> in 1815, the Alley River floods washed away the original Pueblo de Los Anales. Ten years later, 1825, there was another giant flood that caused swamps to form between the Pueblo and the ocean causing the river to flow more south in its current location. Yeah. Water, water everywhere, but get some in my house. Problems abound <laughs> for the city despite this fact that it kept growing and expanding. Many citizens complained that Zanja Madre was now inefficient for the blossoming metropolis. It's only 1836 but people were like, we, there's more people and we're expanding and there's yeah. all these ranches and how we get water to these and people. It
0: keeps flooding our houses. Yeah, it keeps flooding my our houses. My doormat house. keeps getting wet.
2: My doormat keeps washing away with my house and my door. In 1836, the town council had a solution. Round up drunk Native Americans and make them work on the ditch until we got more water.
0: <laughs> what?
2: That was their solution to how they're going to get more water mm-hmm. for the bigger city.
0: Turn them into water. Whether that was put into effect, I don't know. But sometimes... Make them work and don't let them drink water. That way we have more water. That <laughs> no,
3: right,
2: way, yeah. No, no, can't you drink something else? <laughs> Things carried on like this through 1848 when the Mexicans lost Alta California California and the Pueblo to those we don't need to stick in anything Americans the United <laughs> States are bust how about United States and bust at this point the American bureaucracy if you
0: want to see some bust in the United States tune into it.
2: <laughs> at this point the American bureaucracy and the capitalistic insanity took hold in Los Angeles the government structure was somewhat kept in place and the city council had control over the management and distribution of the water supply I'm not sure which states the toma was replaced with wooden structures but it happens around this time between the 1850s 1860s the city council tries to understand how it could use a natural life force such as water and exploit and abuse it. Well there was an arrangement where the mayor and the council after granting a contract in currency for digging a ditch to expand the water system would in reality pay the contractor with municipal acreage. What does that mean? <laughs> we'll give you land if you allow us to expand the water system instead of paying you money so we can spend the water we'll just give you land. That was mm-hmm. how much land was going around. Grateful, the contractor would then kick back a fraction thereof to the mayor and each member of the council. That was blatant fat cack, back scratching <laughs> and it was so known during that time.
0: Were any of them handsome? They sound like criminals.
2: I'll look up George Hansen. During one council. George, George Hansen, During that one city council hearing, civil engineer George Hansen hung up a tract map for examination. And in front of the council went over certain parts of the tract map with a red pen and said, this tract was stolen when Mayor B was up. This tract was stolen when Mayor C was in charge. And finally, on the largest of all the areas, displaying on the small map what covered thousands of acres said, this tract was stolen by Joel H. Turner when he became mayor. That was the current mayor. <laughs> so he's basically in front of the city council like, this is what this guy before him got. This is what. <laughs> the guy before him got and this is what our current mayor had. In 1857, the technology
3: for the
0: water... They wa- all looked at him and he has like misters on him. Uh, <laughs> what? No, what? What are you talking about? Misters. I
2: didn't know what you meant at first and I missed-ers. Uh, I
0: mistered the joke. Yeah. In
2: 1857, the technology for the water system takes a step forward when a large water wheel was installed that could bring water oh, yeah, for the Santa Monterey onto wheel. the main brick reservoir. I've seen, every time we see pictures, I think like, oh, a carnival with a Ferris wheel. I'm like, no,
0: it's not that. Like They don't ride it. They've that. combined the flume ride with the <laughs> Wonder Wheel.
2: Interesting. Around this. Time, Time is when the first waterworks start in Los Angeles, the precursor to the idea of a local utility. The waterworks was in charge of managing the flow of the Los Angeles River and using that. John Ritter. John Ritter. And using that water to supply the town from the Zanhas or ditches. Private water trucks would deliver water to the homes for the LA River. Around this time, the first domestic water company was found in LA and the first reservoir was built in the town plaza in 1860. Wait a minute.
0: So it wasn't like there wasn't flowing water in the homes. It was kind of like sparklets?
2: I guess so, yeah. It was private water trucks coming and bringing you stuff as opposed to. You going out there and getting it. Plus, sparkly. you because you had to, as I'll get to, had to buy a permit for water usage. So I imagine the delivery was part of that. They also constructed a large brick and wood storage tank in the center of the city plaza. For another forty something years, private water companies controlled domestic water use. So water was taken from the river by private water companies who found a way to monetize it. They would take it from the Zhanhaz and the alley River, while the Zhanhaz continued to supply all the water used for agricultural and landscaping purposes. One of the key figures in the privatization of water is Prudent Beaudry, who we will get to in a second. Another way to get water delivered to your home was have a massive terrain altering flood washed through your city <laughs> as la had done in, in 1861 and 1862 as they had done these floods transformed much of the central valley and the la basin into the inland sea we talked about this in the flood episode oh, yeah, yeah. That we were basically all underwater for like a couple months. <laughs> the riverbanks the zanhas, the tomas a lot of the structures that they made to control water every time there's a giant flood all that stuff washes us wash away so they have to start over life is hard when you live uh, getting back to private water companies, there are many attempts from 1848 when California became a United State up to and around 1868 where private ventures tried to get the rights and management of distribution of domestic water. The most successful attempt happens in March of 1868. It happens by a man named Prudent Beaudry and his company, the Canal and Reservoir Company. His partners in the company were Dr. John Griffin and Solomon Lazard, which I kept saying was Salamander Lazard.
0: Salamander uh, Lizard.
2: Salamander Lizard, <laughs> which is a name that I'm like, don't spell that. Beaudry was a French Canadian who had a reputation in the city as someone who had both made a fortune and lost a fortune. (laughs) he came to LA in 1850 after having been in San Francisco during the gold rush I don't know if that's I imagine that's where he got his fortune and also lost his fortune (laughs) now he was in Los Angeles for our gold rush which was real estate picking he bought a dry piece of land near downtown and called it Bellevue Tract which if I'm reading correctly covered everything from like Echo Park to where Central Library is on Fifth and Flower prudent it was funny when I was doing the research because my my high school is on Beaudry Street in downtown I'm like Beaudry Beaudry (laughs) nah they're not connected (laughs) the city grants him additional land to build a dam west and northwest of Figueroa Street which seems like like Elysian Park it might be Echo Park they kept talking about Echo Park and I'm pretty sure they mean the lake but they don't say Echo Park Lake so I'm like I don't know what they mean oh. I
0: could see that whole area put a dam from the top of Baxter to like da- yeah. Dodger Stadium is. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's why the hill's so tall so he requires a dam because Zanhas only send water to the central district and around the plaza and then south but nothing comes on this side of town this would be the first dam built westward for the westward movement of the river the president of the canal and reservoir company is our old friend from the city council meeting George Hansen so CRC canal reservoir company buys the old fully Ditch and the water rights to Fleece Rancho, which was closer to the Glendale Narrows, six miles north of downtown. I imagine that's Los Feliz. Their planned water route was down what is now Glendale Boulevard through the spot where the Silver Lake Reservoir now stands and emptied into the Echo Park Lake. Or it wasn't a lake at the time, but it was a dam. To do this, they would improve the the water flow, widen the ditch, create a canyon through the hill by either cutting it or tunneling through it and then onto the plains and into the dam. The Echo Park Lake previously was called the Bowdrie's High Dam or the Woolen Ditch Dam, part of Reservoir 4. So there was an extension from Echo Park. Park Lake and I went to present-day Bonaventure Hotel, which is on 5th and Figueroa. That's all the land he owned. So here's the thing. So the water dropped some 70 feet from the dam to the ditch. The Bernard brothers, who are brickmakers, conceived the idea of building a wool mill on the site to take advantage of the power, and this created the first industrial plant in The city of Los Angeles. So Beaudry, Griffin, and Lazard are like, We made a spectacular water deal in the city. We're feeling hot and on a roll. Let's see if we can get all the rights to the water for the city and get it away from the municipality, the local government. And they almost kind of did. They proposed to the city council a 50 year <laughs> lease on the water rights, which apparently, from what I'm reading, would have resulted in the sale of the waterworks and the stripping of the city's rights to fix, control, and manage water rates. It came down to a tie vote, but there was a tiebreaker when the president of the council broke the tie voting vote in favor of the lease. The hmm. mayor at the time, Don Cristobal Aguilar, vetoed the ordinance ending that particular vote.
0: Wait, the mayor's name was Don Christopher?
2: Don Cristobal Aguilar. What year was this? 1868.
0: And there was a Don? Was his name like Donald or was it like I don't, Don Francisco? I didn't
2: look into him. He was the mayor. He could have just been a Don as don't well. Don't question it. Don't question it. It could be D-A-W-N. <laughs> I just accepted it as it was because I wasn't thinking about it. his name Can also be a title.
0: Mayor Don. Mr. No, mayor Don. No, mayor
2: my name. <laughs> Who's on first? So they don't get their way. 50-year lease it's a bust how about a 30-year lease <laughs> so they come back to the city council with a 30-year lease at $1,500 a year which included services provided such as fire hydrants free water in city buildings and a construction of an ornamental fountain in the plaza that would cost $1,000 so then the council That's went for it votes stacked in of their budget the council totally went for it votes stacked in favor of Beaudry and crew. <laughs> they love this idea but almost immediately the council members were being called out for their political favoritism as they discovered that two members of the city council went in for the lease William Perry and A.J. King. Soon afterwards, they became members of the water company's mm. board of trustees which was formed right after the 30-year lease was secured and to be extra nefarious after the lease is complete Beaudry, Lazard, and Griffin changed the name of the Canal and Reservoir Company to the Los Angeles City mm. Water Company being like nah if, we got it in.
0: If you can't beat them uh, vote for them and then them. join them. Yeah.
2: <laughs> mayor Aguilar who was against this lease but lost out to the votes insisted that the mayor and the council would retain the rights to the regular water rates which was all they seemed to Half at the end of this deal. So the city of LA wasn't completely stripped of its power to manage the water supply, but it was going to be a fight that it would have year to year every time they had a city council menu, like an annual one. Of course. The lease did not benefit the city at all. The company prospered, fat cats gaining weight, water became a prized <laughs> It's possession. mostly water weight though. It's mostly water weight. <laughs> and the services went completely stagnant for loss of a better word. Politicians who could get in on the company in exchange for keeping the lease alive took contributions, of course. Hmm. There was even a point where the city demanded that the company remove an abandoned reservoir from the plaza and build a fountain that they all wanted. And they ended up waiting two years for this. And when the city was fed up and said, yo, where's our plaza fountain? The company threatened the city council with a lawsuit. So the city Council had to agree to reduce the annual rent of the water to $400 a year if the company would move forward with the fountain. The company so, then tore down the old brick reservoir, landscaped the plaza, and built the fountain.
0: So the that fountain... I there, believe- there's a no fountain in the plaza. Yeah, there is. There's a gazebo.
2: It's along the long walkway where all the shops are. There's a fountain there.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. That tiny thing costs a thousand dollars. I mean, it was different back then. I'm wondering
2: if that's the fountain. I'm like, how many fountains are there? I think that's the only fountain that I know of. But it's yeah. not ornamental. No, no, no. It's very functional. It's a, it's a fountain. It's a, fa- it's a regular. F- <laughs> it's it's more of a well. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a big fountain that's at the plaza. That's the only one I can yeah, think yeah, of. Yeah, there,
0: there's that one that people sit on and eat. They eat the, the sit taquitos there. there? I'll yeah. sit there and eat a taquito uh, or a
2: Drink a Tejuino. The company kept <laughs> building. kick
0: back and have a nice glass of <laughs> ammonia.
2: <laughs> the company kept building reservoirs throughout the city. There was the Buena Vista Reservoir near Maine and First, another one that was built in Angelino Heights, which I believe Bodry was daddy to Angelino Heights. They expanded the water service to Lincoln Heights and continued laying lines and pumping water. Bodry stepped down as the president of the...
0: So would you say they laid pipe?
2: Beaudry stepped down as president of the LA Water Company. Thank you for asking. And in his place now was John Downey, who we remember from several episodes. He was a former governor of California. Beaudry was busy being mayor of LA in 1875. Mm -hmm. He completed his waterworks and reservoirs in 1878 when some young Irish thug got a job for his company. Mm -hmm. Backtrack a little bit. 1873, the Zanhas were being repurposed for all sorts of things that a body of water could be used for. The town council had to issue an ordinance basically saying, stop throwing crap in the ditches. Don't (laughs) bathe or wash your clothes in it and keep your gross animals out of the water. Who didn't like this was all the locals who were doing that. In protest, some people of our great city would dig out private pools under trees and fill them with illegally channeled water from the mother ditch. The banks of the rivers imagine. this- <laughs> I'm going
0: to rub my dirty tushy in this <laughs> if it's the last thing I do.
2: <laughs> you see what I do with all this water. The banks of the river imagine this were once green and natural and would act as parts like Main Street America romantic Huck Finn and Tom uh, Sawyer sitting on this thing. The Chinese residents would steal wild celery growing along the river, which was illegal. <laughs>
0: celery was growing along the river? That's what I read. I can't blame them.
2: It's food. And children would rest under the streets along the bank, having made tired from taking a swim also illegal the
0: following year the city <laughs> just st- kick back and have a piece of celery <laughs>
2: <laughs> the following year the city started trying to cite illegal activity uh, so they're now called water overseers because now we're in america <laughs> to try to find people for being gross with the water and misusing it so they patrol the zanja system part of your job as zanero was to visit those who had obtained water permits twice a day to make sure that they weren't abusing the water supply they had to stop all illegal trading of claims they had to arrest people who didn't have city issued water permits stating that they had paid for the usage of the water the permit. Showed that you paid for water so if you were there without a permit you got arrested like he also would arrest anyone bathing in the water <laughs> anyone polluting the water you get arrested he had the ability to arrest you this water overseer also along with that the city declared war on upstream water users they use an injunction in quotations which was an order from the city council to cease and desist from doing something not illegal by statute law but harmful to someone else therefore illegal under the case law meaning court made law embodied in the venerable law of equity so if you're doing something upstream and we don't like it we could just they would do stuff like they were in rancho los Feliz, and if you're in Rancho Los Feliz and you were abusing water upstream from the plaza the city would have the water diverted before it came to you to
0: irrigate <laughs> so they make the river would now flow around you yeah, around
2: it yeah finally in 1870 said the city got tired of the dangers and inconveniences of the open air Zanhas and decided to cover up the ditch with bricks making a sort of tunnel or pipe with the Zanhas let's quickly discuss two of my favorite reasons to close up the open air Zana kids and drunks were drowning in the water you know how we hear about Cecil Hotel and the brown water people drank that was Alisa mm. dead body mm-hmm. imagine that but more frequent <laughs> listen I'm all for poor people bathing i'm not one of those people who are like only people with a home can be clean but the smallpox outbreak really hit uh, the mexican community and the kitchen real hard almost like it actively chose them <laughs> and then when they were feeling ill they'd be like i gotta i don't feel good i'm gonna take a bath in river uh, i don't know how smallpox travels if it travels and it's, it's waterborne by, by raft if you're have smallpox and you bathe in river that can't be good for <laughs> these
0: lesions keep coming nah. off of me this <laughs> river is really helping
2: the polluting of the river and the zanhas and the water supply were all problem at the dawn of the 1880s because the city was on the Verge of transforming from a sleepy little pueblo town to an american city that was like the first boom we had and for that we needed an efficient and clean water system we didn't have an adequate amount of water they didn't know that we were about to get a big boom but we didn't have enough water even for what we had so more people coming in we didn't we needed more water and more reliable water to help the city grow in 1884 there was improvements made to the mother ditch There was a replacement with a brick conduit of three to three five feet diameter ending at Inet first street that was used when people were moving in but it still wasn't enough they changed to Cogstone. that was determined that they used like a 75 five-foot-long section of Zanemande. the Mandre. cousin
0: of the clock from Beauty and the Beast, right?
2: Yeah, that's exactly. You nailed it. Uh, who's
0: also a relative. Nailed it.
2: Nailed it. So then in March of 1884, after a record-setting winter, there was another flood. It hit the newcomers to the city the hardest. One newly built house. My dormant. One newly, <laughs> newly built housing track next to the river virtually <laughs> swept away. Pio Pico, the last governor of Mexican California.
0: He got swept away.
2: His beloved <laughs> El Ranchito Hacienda was hit by the flood uh-huh. and almost destroyed. The flood swept away bridges, railroad tracks, homes, <laughs> the wooden dams were completely completely destroyed the channels
0: were destroyed my ideas of old floods is always the scene from oh brother where art thou so oh yeah I'm, absolutely oh,
2: absolutely
0: guy on a rolly desk
2: it's a hot day you look up there's a mountain of water now all of us are underwater a cow on a roof cow or on roof. Yeah, it was a guy on a roof you're you're a pretty smart guy um, uh, i know cows i know what they like to do and they like to be marooned
0: <laughs> i know a few cows one of them's name is tabersio vasquez
2: you're a mean person <laughs> and you have a bad heart but it, you know, my doctor
0: says otherwise <laughs> you know, he says that, i'm a good person
2: at least you know that was the last flood January 1886, Uh -uh. a storm with a colossal wind and mean as heck flood burst through everything in its path, river paths and homes and livestock and people and doormats were all swept away. A lot of animals and folks were marooned in this story comes one hero deputy sheriff martin aguirre apparently one-eyed lawman but i've seen pictures he has what? both eyes he was famous for his aim with a knife he was what? sent to his aim what <laughs> okay two things i read from alley times article about him I called him a one-eyed lawman and mm-hmm. i saw pictures of him like that's that's two eyes my counting's not great but that's two
0: <laughs> maybe you're the one with one eye
2: oh no yeah and you didn't tell me Is no it- one
0: tell greg he's missing The director
2: know. with one eye it's a john
3: ford
0: oh yeah, yeah yeah i think so i'm john ford <laughs> Well, I'm him. <laughs> I'm done for it. And also, the
2: same sentence said he was famous for his aim with this knife.
0: What does that mean? You can't have one eye. Oh, so he throws, throws the knife? It at, yeah. So you... How good could it... I mean, one eye and you're throwing Maybe a knife? Maybe
2: you're good for someone with one eye.
0: Maybe. I don't know
2: <laughs> Saying someone is famous For his aim Doesn't mean he was good He, was, his fa- he couldn't, it was famously bad He was said to have Stood on the crumbling Bank of the alley river As a raging torrent Of water surged Down the channel And as homes Came swimming down First street With families maroon On the rooftops Aguire repeatedly Charged into the river On his white horse Al <laughs> Capitan To pull out victims <laughs> Of course it was a white horse He plunged into the flood Waters to rescue people He saved 19 people That day from drowning Really On his 20th plunge Into the dark mean waters He pulled a little girl Onto his horse Who was hanging On the window of a house She being carried away Then Al Capitan Capitan struck a partially submerged picket fence and the three of them toppled into the water. Aguirre only had time to throw the girl onto a fence. (laughs) As he came ashore at 7th Street and returned to find the girl, she was gone. Uh, he would grieve this loss for the rest of his life uh, but the city considered him a hero which is what he is he was elected sheriff in 1888 LA's first Latino sheriff really and the Los Angeles Bar which I imagine is a bar association recognized his courageous accent granted him a gold watch and chain with the inscription Los Angeles Bar to Martin Guire for bravery so that's nice also the night <laughs> re-bravery of the, also the night of the flood I read this and I thought nah Daniel's gonna like this a lot <laughs> the first street bridge fell trapping two horses in the middle and a rescue party fed them from a rowboat for several days until uh, the bridge was repaired
0: that's that's, that's sad, but also I would love that job. <laughs> Emergency horse feeder.
2: Get in the robot with all those carrots. Oh, anything you want.
0: I've been training for this.
2: <laughs> a rescue carrot. I, I said that wrong. A, a carrot, carrot package? <laughs> yeah, carrot. Oh my God. Damn it, that was it. I led you to it. Layups. That's how we work. <laughs> yeah, but, but I dunked, man. I dunked, man. You may be Kobe, back.
0: but uh, I'm uh, Wayne Gretzky.
2: So, by the late 1880s, in the midst of the first population movement in LA, the city planned to put pipes in the remaining and seemingly outdated zanhas. but money issues slowed this process down. Outdated because it couldn't really keep up with expansion of the city, like I said, were expanding in all directions at this point, and it was still being used. There was 52 miles of Zanhas, half open earth and half concrete, and they ran within the city limits. An additional 40 miles of Zanhas ran outside of the city proper, but by then, by the 1890s, it was becoming more clear that it needed to be replaced altogether, although they would continue to function as the city water mains or municipal water drains. So they were still finding some use, just carrying water mm. for not domestic purposes it was not going to work anymore. With the real estate boom, commerce takes over agriculture as a law of the land. Obviously, water was crucial in survival of both so now instead of ranches and fields of agriculture, land was being utilized for homes and shops and factories, so water was being used differently now. The shift in land use essence of life. The shift in land use followed two decades of abandonment of public canals and the acceptance of private companies as a means to supply water to homes or businesses. Good water, quotations was sold door to door in jugs and buckets and later horse drawn water carts. Open ditches were a thing of the past, that's just that's gross. That's where small bulk people <laughs> swim. Another concern was that the adobe structures were being replaced by wood frame buildings now and fire was a possibility to purify mm. all. So mm. the city needed water for fire protection now. Also, the citizens and the city council were aching to move back to the city of Los Angeles, retaining the rights over the water rates, management distribution. Right. They're, they're still trying to do that. Finally, in 1902, the reign of complete control over the water by private companies was over, somewhat over. The city of Los Angeles purchased the Alley City Water Company for $2 million. The private domestic enterprise, the Los Angeles City Water Company, and the public water system were forged creating the Los Angeles Municipal Water Department, putting a significant portion of power over the water supply back in the city's hands. Now they own six reservoirs, two pumping plants, 337 miles of pipes that led to 23,180 individual water services. By ordinance, the city council establishes a new seven member board of water commissioners. Board members are elected for two-year terms. So this this system of government was set just for the water now, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. The following year, an up-and-coming ambitious Danero, who would go unnamed in this <laughs> segment <laughs> he was making markings for his job and showed it poor showings for the year he was citing receipts of $5,800 and expenditures of upkeep of $8,000 he recommended abandoning the the mother ditch the old system the following year Zon mother was abandoned
0: what year was that it's
2: 1904
0: you gotta leave mother eventually
2: uh, no <laughs> <laughs> no you don't <laughs> no, 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 not true 1904 <laughs> pumping wells depleted local aquifers at a time when California was the leading agricultural state then in 1914 there's another monster flood and the water flow coming monster flood monster flood
1: come out this weekend for doormats doormats dormats,
2: <laughs> hang on to your doormats <laughs> got- we got a monster flood <laughs> oh there's a monster flood you mean (laughs) can i say it again monster flood the water flow coming to the city equaled that of the colorado river it caused 10 million dollars in damages throughout the city and this time the city was not happy living in this much danger of a flood the (laughs) danger (laughs) harvey danger of the flood the citizens were now calling for action against the torrents of flood ruining the city the following year the la county flood control district was formed some early flood control efforts included the channelization of some portions of the river and the building of more reservoirs taxpayers approved bond issues in 1917 and 1924 to build the initial major dams however taxpayers were not willing to provide enough funds for substantial infrastructure downstream of the dams what do we need to convince these people how about a worse flood than most of the other ones (laughs) that we can do and that arrived in the 1930s (laughs) when the simple folk of this country had so little possessions through the depression that they couldn't afford to have things be washed away all all i have have is my doormat doormat. please (laughs) lord i've been praying to you please let me have my doormat no uh, monster flood monster <laughs> flood. bring your door man monster flood there are two huge floods in the 30s as we've covered as you've uh-huh. covered before one in 1934 and the granddaddy of them mm-hmm. all one so bad woody guthrie had to write a song <laughs> about it 1938 new year's flood that washed homes from monrovia out to san pedro That's and the rest- completely rerouted the la river finally giving the exit that it so desperately wanted <laughs> it was time many people felt to channelize the la river and get some flood control measures in federal assistance was requested by by the city and the army corps of engineers they led the charge in channelizing the river concreting began in 1938 (laughs) i imagine two days after the flood and by october of that year work on three projects they wanted to lower the river's bed 20 feet they wanted to widen the channel and pave the banks for a little over about four miles from malaysian park by december january construction was complete on the first segment would eventually be a continuous trapezoidal concrete channel Mm -hmm. to carry the river to the ocean by 1960 the project was completed to form a 51 mile engineered waterway from the valley out to the ocean in long beach this is our river now so the next time you say it's not even re- how can you call that it's concrete we need it to be this yeah,
0: way you're lucky it's you're, just concrete yeah. there
2: was like a century where it wasn't and uh-huh. everyone just kept getting swept away <laughs> doormats look up the flood you like it. your
0: precious doormats yeah, you
2: like your doormats look up the flood of 1886 and the new year's flood and you'll get why we need a concrete path only three portions of the water channel remain unpaved the sepulveda flood control uh-huh. basin in the center of the valley
0: it's nice also is it yeah because if you're driving on whatever street that is that goes right over it there's like animals it's crazy. It's like this wild wilderness and you can kayak down it.
2: That sounds nice. I like that.
3: My god.
0: That oh my
2: nice. god. My robot heart loves that. <laughs> near Griffith Park through Elysian Valley where some groundwater levels prevent it from being paved and the river near Long Beach. a Part of the river near Long Beach which when it empties into the ocean is not paved. There are now bike paths along the river for portions of it and with the Olympics coming in 2024 developers are clamoring to build housing structures along the river makes to accommodate people.
0: That's the history of the river itself. Mine's gonna overlap and, under, I hope so. and underlap a little bit. Tell
2: me about this young irish thug yeah. <laughs> there was one
0: character that stuck out to me
2: who's playing the part of young irish thug tonight i should tell you before you continue i mean my girlfriend spent the weekend trying to find the one exposed part of Zana madre and we finally found it
0: and what does it look like
2: it's brick it looks old it looks haunted it's sticking out of the ground <laughs> it's
0: still got smallpox in it's it. still
2: got smallpox it's basically if you if you're on chinatown and you look down to where historical park ends and it meets chinatown there's like a part where the metro owns this because the metro goes first it's elevated and it hits the ground doesn't hit the ground. It descends. Hits the ground running. Hits the ground running. There's like an area right there, like a little triangle area, and it's no historical markers. Yeah, nothing for it. Well, they, they make a big deal about it. Like there's a, a plaza in Chinatown that they have like a brick walkway, and then bricks facing an opposite direction that show you where the water uh, way yeah, used yeah, to yeah, go. Yeah. Same yeah. thing happens on Avell Street. There's a path that leads to that well or the fountain, that or whatever.
0: Beautiful, beautiful
2: ornamental well. <laughs> they obviously have an appreciation for the old water system, but yeah, here's a piece of that. it, and
0: they don't care. Yeah. Well, that's what wasn't Michael Holland when we went to the archive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, yeah, that, he was yeah. like, well, they dug some up and anyone could just run and grab uh-huh. some. <laughs> okay, so Greg, shut up.
2: Uh, let's talk about doormats. I'm going to interrupt you a bunch with doormats and uh, strange <laughs> angels That's my stuff. job. <laughs>
0: we're going to get now into the water wars and the aqueduct that led to the water wars. Yes. So water, water everywhere, but did you ever stop and think?
2: Oh my God, I wrote that too.
0: And we've made this joke, I think, twice in this episode and also in the past episodes where we ever talked about water. Yeah,
2: anytime the word water comes up, we have one go-to word association that leads into it. And we're not
0: funny or smart. And it's doormats. I'm thinking of a word. Can we get a a suggestion of a type of liquid that you can wash your smallpox in? Gatorade! We didn't prepare for this. Uh, We didn't script this improv for that. All right. So the story of LA's modern water system, and with that, the formation of the kind of city LA now is, it revolves around two men and a half, man. Charlie Sheen, Ducky. um. John Cryer, be nice. (laughs) So the first of these two men is Fred Eaton. Okay. Did you come across his name? Yeah, I saw his name a couple times. Yeah, well, I saw it more. So it's Fred Eaton. He was born in LA in 1856 into the family who founded Pasadena. Oh, wow. He's, yeah, he's uh, royalty. Oh,
2: that Eaton. Oh, like Eaton Canyon. The one hiking trail that has water fountains. Okay.
0: So at age 19, he became superintendent of the Los Angeles City Water Company. 19. 19 years old. I
1: my back. Where can I start the
0: water? <laughs> oh, you have a pencil? You're hired. <laughs> you talked about that. So and then in eighteen ninety-eight, Eaton became mayor of Los Angeles. Okay. He was twenty one. Forty years later he was twenty one. <laughs> so he's the one who actually helped usher the private water company to be bought by the city in nineteen oh two. That was his Wow, right. Really? Yeah, that okay. was his maneuvering. Like you said, it became city owned and renamed the Los Angeles Water Department. That's him. That's Eaton. Okay. Second man involved here, that Irish thug the one we've all been waiting for, William Mulholland. So he was born in Belfast, Ireland, uh-huh. uh, on the untainted date of September 11th, 1855.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Never forget.
0: <laughs> Never forget the day William, William Mulholland, Mulholland was born. Was born. <laughs> so uh, his mom died when he was seven. Yeah, funny now? I not mean, it's not so funny when we're talking about 9-11, but he want to <laughs> <tell you? laughs> Seven years old, he, his mom died, and his dad hated his life.
2: He, <laughs> whose life? His own
0: or his, his He sons? hated his own life. Okay. I'm sure his son's also, because it was part of his it's life. It was part of his life. I hate my life, and by proxy, you. <laughs> you are my life which i hate (laughs) hate. william was a boy who loved history and mathematics and he had a great memory but those weren't the sort of traits that were valued in one of the saddest cities in the saddest country (laughs) of the 1800s the only future he had ahead of him in ireland was manual labor which apparently paid really well just that and a lot of cabbage so at age 15 15 years old. He left school and he joined the British Merchant Navy because you could do that when you're 15 in eighteen hundred. This is how Ireland. much my
2: dad hates me is that he'll let me do this when
0: I'm 15. He didn't even notice.
2: Nah, I've been talking to a potato sack
0: for three years now. <laughs> and he's been more of a son to me nah, than you ever were.
2: I love that potato sack.
0: <laughs> One-eyed potato sack. So two eyes. Oh, as a merchant Navy man, maybe boy, he earned $10 a week and the boat he was on was called Glenifer.
2: Named after Glenford. And his wife. Yeah
0: glennifer Ford and his wife glennifer it's mostly named after <laughs> mostly named over her so after four years of his life at sea in the fall of 1874 he came to new york city briefly before he moved to michigan where he finally got away from that dreaded life of labor and started working on fishing boats in the great <laughs> oh lakes my God. he's like a real guy he's a man's man a man's and man's man. A, a guy who can do math he was working on fishing boats in the summer and then in the winter he was working in lumber camps so that was his life
1: spring break but actually i'm gonna be digging spring ditches. Break. a
0: coal mine <laughs> So then one day he got into a bad accident in a lumber camp, but he escaped from the hospital because he was afraid they were going to amputate his leg. And somehow he ran away to Cincinnati. And from there, he moved like from city to city just doing things. So he was going around the Midwest sharpening knives and fixing clocks.
1: Jesus Christ. Yeah,
0: he's living the, the life you wish you could yeah, live. Yeah, that's it. Does he catch a freight train and eat a, a they can, didn't can didn't beans exist of
1: beans? Uh, I want him to eat a can of
0: beans out of an old war wound. His leg <laughs> out of the gaping wound that never hit. <laughs> Is like Fill her up. Fill he, it up. My father hates me. <laughs> this will make my dad so angry. <laughs> so he spent some time working on steamers, again, steamer ships up and down the Colorado River. I, I
2: bet he had a great coat and a beard, and he was like 14.
0: So Dude. he prospected for gold in Arizona, and he was contracted to fight the Apache while he was there. Uh, okay, that's one strike. Strike one.
2: Well, you don't want to fight the Apache?
0: <laughs> well, what? Suddenly the microphones are on, and you don't want to fight the Apache? <laughs> you don't want to fight in any war? So eventually he made his way to Pittsburgh, where he had an uncle who gave him a job in his his dry goods store so things are settling down a little bit
2: this is his retirement plan
0: <laughs> he's 18 <laughs>
2: 18 <laughs> now i just he gets, want a quiet life yeah a quiet life working in a dry goods store in industrial pittsburgh
0: <laughs> here he was joined by his brother hugh and here he also read a book called history of california by charles nordoff a name we all know because yeah. we're on a street, street named after after him. After him. so he decided he wanted to see that state that he was talking about so lucky for him his uncle's kids got tb so william oh my
2: god all of this is like a pogue song <laughs> (laughs)
0: I'm going to pee on their grave. (laughs) Uh, So William and his brother decided to follow his uncle's family to San Diego, where the kids were, you know, fresh air, get treatment. Problem was, William and his brother had no money to pay for their trip. So the two of them stowed away in the steerage of a boat leaving New York City on December 9th. It's almost a freight train. Yeah, that's my birthday. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. This is you. This This is your story. It's birth to me. December 9th, 1876. They're in some sort of crate filled with leaves or something on their way from New York City to Panama. Because the Panama Canal wasn't built yet at this point. So what you'd have to do is the easiest way to get around South America, because Panama was the skinniest part. So you'd have to sail to Cologne in Panama, mm-hmm. take a train across the country, and then take a boat up to the other Western United States. That's, that was the quickest way.
2: That's annoying, but okay.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. We had time then. There was time <laughs> there now. There was time now. Uh, that, but then well, Panama could... broke. Here's the thing. Once they got to Cologne, they still didn't have money. They didn't make oh any God. money in steerage. So they didn't have the money.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I got a plan. We'll take this
0: trip, right? We can we'll weave this hay we'll hay be into gold. Yes.
2: <laughs> we'll take our we lust and turn into gold. Well,
0: tell tales. (laughs) So they didn't have the money to take the train across the country. So he and his brother walked the 47 miles through jungles and over mountains oh across God. Panama. Cumulative, I've never walked 47 miles.
2: I, wow, I didn't yeah. know this about
0: William Mulholland. He's a man. He's a man. In, in, in all sorts, he kind of is a man. So when they- I mean, I'll <laughs> check under the skirt, but he's a man. I might lift up and take a peek. But <laughs> I'd say he's a, a man. man. So when they got to the other side, his brother decided to stay in Panama, cocaine, okay, for a <laughs> while.
2: <laughs> they started to see- There's it. something I just like about this place. <laughs> I
0: smelled something.
2: Panama, that the city that never lets me sleep. <laughs> the city that I just can't
0: sleep. <laughs> So he decided to stay there and meet up with the family later. But William, he got a job on a boat and worked his way on the boat up to San Francisco in February 1877. And then he decided he'd work his way down California on horseback to San Diego to meet up with his uncle's family. But later that year, with $10 in his pocket, he arrived in Los Angeles and saw the lawlessness and underdevelopment and said, this is a place after my own heart. And he decided to stay forever. (laughs) This reminds me of my dad. This place hates me.
2: I like that. I like that.
0: But still, he only had $10, and he needed a job. And one day, he saw a guy digging a well, and he decided, now that's the kind of hard labor I left Ireland to get away from. <laughs> but for Does some- that
1: hurt
2: you to do? Are you hiring?
0: Where can I turn in an application? Do you have a father figure? <laughs> so he asked the guy, how do you get a job doing that? And soon, he was hired by the LA Water Company digging wells. So he spent his days digging for water, and then at night, in his little house near Los Feliz Boulevard and Riverside Drive, which is right by where that huge memorial to him now. Oh, that's
2: right. He
0: would be reading books from the library about civil engineering and hydraulics. And he lived at this house, little side note, he lived there until 1881. And then from 1894 to 1921, he lived on 6th and Cummings in Boyle Heights in a house that got demolished later on to make room for the freeway. Uh, That's all I know about his living situation. So back to his little house in Los Feliz. He was slowly becoming a self-made engineer. No degree, but still self-made. And people at work picked up on that and saw that he had answers to questions and solutions to problem. So, people higher up in the company than him started coming to him for advice. Of, you know, relationship, whatever. Yeah,
2: my, my sister is sometimes pretty and I don't know what to do with that. Well,
0: I read a book on that in you the know, library.
2: I'm a self-made engineer, so let me tell you what to do.
0: <laughs> I can engineer you right out of that situation. <laughs> so, one of these people that would come up to him was Mr. Fred Eaton who was the company's superintendent. Mm-hmm. So, in 1878, Eaton promoted him to the glorious job of a zonjero or it's ditch cleaner ditch of the, <laughs> <laughs> on the zon Zonda It Madre. sounds better in Spanish. No, he's a ditch digger. <laughs> (laughs) Ditch cleaner, I mean. No, you won't be digging them. That's fun. You'll be cleaning them. You're going to be cleaning. All those little kids that are bathing in it, you clean that. Wash their butts. (laughs) So from here, he worked his way up to Straw Boss, whatever that is, Rumble Stiltskin stuff. And then he made his way up to Foreman, whatever that is. In 1880... It's one guy, how's
2: he Foreman? Dad <laughs> jo- jokes, that we're that jokes. known for them. In
0: 1880, he was assigned to oversee the installation of the first iron water pipeline in the city. And then Eaton himself was promoted from superintendent to city engineer. So he gave his old position to his new friend, William Mulholland. So William Mulholland became superintendent of the water company. Wow, okay. So in 1886, at age 30, he was the general <laughs> superintendent and chief engineer of the la water company so their headquarters was at alameda and marsh assault street around weirdly the edge of chinatown now oh, yeah. as head of the water company mulholland slowly improved the way the city got its water and where it got its water from in 1904 he built huge pumping stations near the glendale narrows that could pump millions of gallons daily from the la Ritter river i did it too john Ritter. the river aquifer the underground water supply we talked about yeah he helped build some more reservoirs. that was a huge help he helped yeah, build yeah. some more reservoirs also there's the Silver Lake Reservoir that opened in 1906. The dam he built for that was named after city water commissioner Herman Silver, which is why the lake that that dam created was named Silver Lake, which is why that part of town is called Silver Lake. It's not just because there's a Silver Lake? No, it was named after Herman Silver. That's that, dumb. No, it's cool. It's dumb. When, was the label, when have you ever seen a Silver Lake? Is it made out of mercury? You would think that it would be like, explorers would look at something and be like, oh, it's like a Silver Lake, like a like a, <laughs> like Silver, you've seen
2: Silver,
1: right? No, it's like, oh, what's your last name? Okay.
0: Jenkins Butt Lake. Look <laughs> Look at a river again. If you ever see it silver, come talk to me. This Silver Lake. It was the first American dam to use hydraulic sluicing, whatever that means. I'm not a means. self-made engineer, and it lasted for 70 years. They were using that. So later in the 20s, he built the Mulholland Dam that created the Hollywood Reservoir, which is still being used. I hang out there sometimes. That's pretty cool. Is it silver? Maybe we should name all lakes Silver Lake.
2: Tell me why they changed the name of it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you. Later. Oh, I'll tell you. Before all of that, LA faced a serious crisis, tell and it me. was Mulholland's job to deal with it. What was the crisis? Shut up. In oh. July Here's the sh- crisis. You keep talking. <laughs> you're, you're my crisis. My crisis. This is a crisis. <laughs> so in July 1893, a drought begins. After a few years of this, the tap water started tasting fishy because of algae blooms. Big buildings had no water pressure, and neither did fire hydrants, so buildings started burning unchecked. Fire purifies Price algae. <laughs> so to try to cope with this, Mulholland instituted bans on watering your lawn. He dried up all the city fountains, ornamental one, and ponds. He threatened to sue farmers in the San Fernando Valley who kept watering their crops. He put in water meters. He started drilling new wells. Before the drought, the average daily use of water per capita was 267 gallons. By the time the drought was over, he got it down to 140. <laughs> Okay. So he got the city through the drought, but it had lasted from 1893 to 1904. It lasted 11 years.
2: That's 11 year drought. The city has a really good way of fixing droughts.
0: Having a monster
2: flood right behind it. (laughs) Like 11 years of no water and then so much water. You're like, you know, I missed the drought. (laughs)
0: Sorry we were gone for 11 years. (laughs) Here's 11 years worth of water. What did I miss? (laughs) Who's on American Idol? So during that time, these 11 years, there was 70% less rainfall than normal and 70% of the city's cattle died off. I remember you telling me that. So they made it through, but Mulholland had his eye on the future of the city, and he knew that this sort of thing was not sustainable with the water sources the yeah. city currently had. So in 1890, the city's population was over 50,000, but in 1900, just during the drought and just 10 years, it grew to over 100,000. So it doubled. Yeah. He said afterwards, if Los Angeles runs out of water for one week, the city within a year will not have a population <laughs> of 100,000 people. A city quickly finds its level, and that level is its water supply. So however much you can supply, yeah. they'll come. It'll Yeah, Yeah, It caps it, exactly. I'm going to cap you if you keep interrupting (laughs) me. He knew that the city couldn't sustain any more growth without more water, but the boosters were doing their job so well that more and more people kept coming to the city. Where's that water? (laughs) I heard this is the land of a thousand waters. So from 1900 to 1904 alone, the population doubled to 200,000. It's insane. Again, if the city was to become what it is today, which is what they always wanted, it needed more water. Yeah. So realistically, with the water sources it had then, the city couldn't have gotten past 300,000. Those were the estimates. Yeah. Mulholland said that a better plan than conserving water would just be to shoot the president of the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> yep. That's what someone who lived his life would say. That's how we would get by in Panama. <laughs> Those 47 miles changed me and I lost my Irish accent. So, uh, it turns out all you have to do is lose an accent is be scared a lot. Just <laughs> bond with your brother in a lot of ways. So the city council wouldn't agree to kill the Chamber of Commerce. Why? So, <laughs> so the only alternative was to look for new sources of water. Okay. That's when Mulholland's old boss and friend, Fred Eaton, he made, I'm your boss and you also have to be my friend.
2: I like that Fred Eaton is also a sentence.
0: So Eaton remembered a place he had once visited years earlier up near Yosemite. It was called the Owens Valley. Oh boy. And it had quite a lot of water. Oh <laughs> Oh, to, covet. <laughs> to covet thy water, the Owens Valley is some 200 miles from here. It's basically the area between Yosemite and Sequoia and Death Valley. Did you know that? I, d- I wasn't never quite sure where it was. I looked was. it up
2: when we started. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: I had no idea that there was an area above Bakersfield. <laughs> Back then, before all this, it was a lush valley. It was inhabited by the Paiute tribe of Native Americans, complete with the 110 square mile Owens Lake and uh, it Natural also lake. Natural, la- um, Native Americans know. didn't build lakes. I don't
2: know. Yeah, we don't you- have a natural lake. <laughs>
0: Apparently, we don't have a single one. In addition to this lake, they had a strong, clean river that was fed from the snowfall in the Sierra Nevadas. Oh,
2: boy, I want that. I want that. I want a Freddy. That. I
0: won't let you drink until this episode's over. Ah. That should be our fun game, like watching Lawrence of Arabia. Ah. This beautiful river, clean river, that is exactly why the Americans kicked all the Native Americans out, and they took it out for themselves in the 1860s. Oh, to covet. <laughs> How green is thy valley <laughs> once we're done with it. By the 1870s, the people who moved in, they, they started using the river for irrigation, and it turned into a bountiful paradise with around 38,000 acres of crops, and a population of about 5,000 by the turn of the century. Some people were calling the Owens Valley American Switzerland, like it was nice. It was a nice place to be. This was a Switzerland that they were never going to let stay neutral. (laughs) Mulholland was a persuasive and confident speaker, so when he told people something, they believed him, just like his dad would tell him, I don't love you, and he (laughs) believed him, and he left the country. Some people like to say that Mulholland manufactured that there was a drought, and scared people into thinking that there wasn't enough Water. Chinatown. That's not entirely true. There was definitely a drought. You can't fake that. But there was enough water for people to get by as it was. But Mulholland instilled the fear in people that in the future when more people lived in the city, there's not going to be enough drinking water, and he was 100% right about that.
2: And he probably wasn't doing this as some sort of propaganda scheme. He probably was authentically scared yes, he, of this. Yeah, no, he
0: was. I don't know. Whether he was purposely trying to mislead people at the time into thinking there's a life or death crisis, I don't know. I wasn't there. Uh, <laughs> uh, how did I get here? Uh, I, I, can't, I, won't t- I can't testify in, uh, uh, against I'll, my I'll, own I'll, wife I'll, in court. What? So I'll talk real fast, I swear to God. <laughs> but he was definitely just trying to plan for the future, and if some scare tactics put some fire under people's arses as he would call it to take action then so be it yeah. so with this he managed in 1904 to convince the board of water commissioners to authorize him to start looking for new sources of water and with Eaton's hot tip on the Owens Valley in September of that year the two men set out on a secret boy time road trip to the Owens Valley to poke around they took a road and trip they two walked, of them.
2: they walked there they
0: invented Doritos just nah. for this so they didn't tell anyone when they went there what their business was oh, but they very... they surveyed the land all they were doing just looking around. They surveyed it thoroughly and they decided that not only could this river provide more than enough water for the city, but an aqueduct stretching the over 200 miles from the Owens Valley to Los Angeles could potentially be doable. So now this is where things do get a little shady. The first obstacle was that the Bureau of Reclamation had already promised the people, this was a federal bureau, they had already promised the people of the Owens Valley funding for a large irrigation construction project that would have created a dam to help boost the worth of their land that could potentially have created some semi major American cities in that valley. Bi- right. Your bishop, your independence. Yes. Your uh, side of the road that you have to pee on. Unfortunately for them, Eaton was a former mayor uh, and he had many friends in many places, many spies with many eyes yeah. in the government. And the representative from the bureau working on this irrigation project happened to be a stooge of Eaton's. This man was T.B. Lippincott. He was the chief engineer for the Southwest in the bureau, but he was also a big LA booster himself. So when Eaton filled him in on what they were planning, he was easily convinced to turn the tides away from the federal government getting involved in the Owens Valley and clearing the way for Los Angeles to step in. You're shaking your head. You wouldn't be here if this didn't nasty. happen.
2: Nasty! It's still nasty business. It's a little nasty. There's a lot of things that I wouldn't be here if that didn't happen. That does make it not nasty. That's nasty business. I
0: got here because of nasty. To start, Lippincott needed to collect information from the farmers in the Owens Valley and he knew Eaton was planning a solo trip up there, this time without Mulholland because he wanted to get a better feel for the situation. So instead mm-hmm. of going himself, Lippincott asked Eaton to gather the information he needed for him. Save some time. I'd rather be in sunny Southern California. Yeah, no, there's a beach with a name on
2: it. (laughs) Or there will be. (laughs)
0: There will be eventually if this aqueduct gets built. (laughs) Eaton took this opportunity to mislead the farmers up there into thinking he was with the Bureau of Reclamation. And in doing so, he managed to convince 1,167 Owens Valley farmers to sell him a total of 262,000 acres of land for around $450,000. In these dealings, he also got the water rights on this land, meaning he now leaves legally owned a clear path of the land for an aqueduct to run south to Los Angeles, but Eaton's subterfuge did not end there. In 1905, the Clausen Report was released, which was the federal study of how an irrigation project would work in the Owens Valley. Unfortunately, yet again for the Owens Valley, Lippincott had it released first to the city of LA before it was made public, so Mulholland and Eaton got a head start on how to convince the government to not go through with that plan. So Eaton scurried to Washington, D.C. He walked there to convince his connections in the government to stay out of the Owens Valley. He argued to them that the water would do much more good for the Country flowing into LA than it would to some middle of nowhere valley. President Roosevelt himself agreed, reasoning that the country would be better off with a strong megacity on its west coast than it would with a few more apples being grown there. So he said the Owens River is a hundred to a thousand fold more important to the state and more valuable to the people as a whole if used by the city than if used by the people of Owens Valley.
2: I disagree. I'm from Owens Valley. Shut up. I live here and I eat those (laughs) apples you made fun of.
0: Trust me, they weren't aware of any of these meetings. (laughs) They were not there to interrupt that. So he even extended part of the Inyo National Forest into some of this land that they needed protected for an aqueduct for a reason I'm not really sure because I'm not well versed in the nuances of federal crimes. (laughs) But he also also passed a law allowing the aqueduct to cross federal land. So not he, he like extended the forest and it was like, well, you guys can also come through here. So right. they can't touch it, but you can. you can. So the people of Owens Valley took the battle to court, Congress, and the White House, but Eaton, when they found out about this, but Eaton had gotten to them first and nobody was on their side oh, at that point. Man. So the only concession they got was that the water couldn't be sold to corporations or individuals for resale and a declaration of you snooze you lose. <laughs> so now all parts of the federal government were on LA's side and on July 3rd, 1907, the Bureau of Reclamation officially abandoned their plans for an Owens Valley irrigation project at Lippincott's recommendation. So they killed that. Nasty. Nasty business. It's pretty nasty. So Lippincott himself then resigned from the Bureau on July 31st, not even a month later, and was soon after hired as Mulholland's deputy. Mm -hmm. Yep, That beach is coming along (laughs) nicely. (laughs) Meanwhile, back in LA, Mulholland was doing his own shady dealings. Eaton was upstate, literally clearing the path for the aqueduct, but Mulholland needed to convince the city of Los Angeles itself to support building this
2: this is like hearing the radio play for there will be blood
0: (laughs) once you get to that slurping sound effect of the milkshake you can really hear that's the most important part of the movie that's the
2: sound of the water traveling from the valley (laughs) is the milkshake being drank
0: since the city at its current population didn't need the new water that would be coming in yet mulholland's plan was to have the aqueduct empty out into the san fernando valley for the farmers there to use until the population got to the point where the rest of the city would need it this would be a huge boon for the valley and would mean that the land once the water showed up would become very valuable. Mm -hmm. So that was insider information that could make a lot of powerful people in the city happy. So what he did was he passed that information on to a friend of his on the board of water commissioners named Moses Sherman of Sherman Way. Wow. And Sherman Oaks and uh, General Sherman. William Tecumseh Sherman. Peabody and Sherman. (laughs) Sherman comma and Peabody. (laughs) So he gave it to him in exchange for his support on the vote to approve the aqueduct. Sherman then went on to form a land buying syndicate called the Los Angeles Suburban Homes Company with a few other incredibly rich and powerful people, Henry Huntington, E.H. Harriman, and (laughs) Harry Gray Otis. So all of these men had the money to buy up a lot of the land in the valley. And if that land suddenly became very valuable they all had a lot to gain. And this isn't Chinatown. No, no, no. It's completely different. It's completely different. That was the 30s. <laughs> this is the early 1900s. So with their support, the city voted to approve the construction of the aqueduct 10 to 1. That one guy, he ran in at the last second from the You Ums don't know valley. his
2: name because there's not a street named after him This <laughs> is a nobody now. Nay! Nay, nay.
0: One day after this, these men's land company bought 16,200 acres of the valley, basically the north half of the valley they now own. They then used their influence to get a bond passed that same year for $1.5 to get work started on the aqueduct. The news that this aqueduct was actually happening drove up the price of the land they had just bought from the $30 an acre they paid to $300 an acre. Oh. But not everyone was happy. Other than these four men, not everyone was happy.
2: Uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. <laughs> Who's not happy?
0: This meant that all the hope that the people of the Owens Valley had for a better future was suddenly taken away from them.
2: They got their milkshake drunk.
0: And I'm not talking about that one I got at Bob's Big Boards. <laughs> Big Bob's Burt bark Barks. I, burk burk? I
2: should go to the hospital.
0: When the news broke, they realized what had happened and they realized Eaton wasn't who they thought that he yes. was. Problem was, Eaton was in Bishop in the Owens Valley when the news broke and the farmers chased him out of town and told him if he ever came back, they'd drown him in the river. Wow. Which he reminded them was now his.
2: No! <laughs> can't drown him in his own river?
0: It's not legally possible.
2: That is not only the atrocious act they did, but to be in Bishop
0: when the news hits is I know. so... I bet when he got back... like. You couldn't have waited two days. I know. You That's couldn't have given s- me a half hour head start.
2: Like that scene in The Simpsons where the guy who sells the monorail is like, North Hamerbook, how do I know that?
0: But all the players back in LA were happy as could be. Mulholland and Eaton got the funding they needed and Eaton sold all the land he had bought in the Owens Valley to the city for cheap and the valley landowners made a huge profit. Two years later, they even bought the southern half, these landowners of the valley, making even more money. So the anticipation of the aqueduct was high, which is why there are streets all over the valley named Mouth. Yeah mouth of the Owens River, because they were all like, this is going to come. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Now it was the planning stages until 1907, when a second bond was passed this time for $23 million, which was the biggest bond in US history. And in 1908, construction began. It was a huge project, and it took four years of planning. But as Mulholland put it, it is big, but it's simply big. Yeah. We can do it. It's just going to be hard.
2: It's hard. It's not impossible. It's just hard.
0: Yeah, uh, which to me is impossible. (laughs) Path of any resistance, I'm not taking it. (laughs) To make it happen, it was going to take 120 miles of railroad track- Five hundred miles of transit road, fifty-three tunnels through mountains, including the—I well, guess—tunnels are always through mountains. Include—I don't know why I said that so dramatically. Have you ever? Mountains scare you, right? <laughs> this included the five-mile-long Elizabeth Tunnel that set the world record of six hundred four feet of hard rock drilling in one month. Which also tune into a strange angle If you want
2: to see, <laughs> want to see a rock pummeled. <laughs>
0: It was also going to take over a million barrels of cement that they bought 4,300 acres of land near the Mojave Desert to build a cement plant big enough to produce that much cement. Okay, we need
2: cement. We better make a factory that makes
0: cement. We need water. We should probably build a water factory. (laughs) Buy all the clouds in the city. (laughs) The government has big plans for those clouds. (laughs) Buy them from the Owens Valley. (laughs) The cement plant was five miles east of Tehachapi and it was called Monolith! (laughs) They were using a special type of cement made from a special type of rock that forms there are called Tufa and they were producing a thousand barrels a day of cement. They also needed six million pounds of dynamite and 28 early versions of Caterpillar construction vehicles which supposedly got their name from Mulholland himself when he commented they look like caterpillars <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen a lot of them in the jungles of Panama. They're that big too. <laughs> they use just as much diesel.
2: You should see the butterflies that Those forgotten. things
0: make you like their caterpillar you should see their butterfly.
2: Oh, wiggle wiggle wiggle.
0: So these caterpillars eventually broke and they had to be replaced with 6,000 mules. They went through we got, thousands of we them. Got build. We got to open a mule factory now. <laughs> to get the power to make this all work, they built two hydroelectric plants in the Owens Valley and ran 169 miles of wire to transfer the electricity, making this the first major engineering project in the U.S. to run mostly on electricity.
2: What if you got a job in the Owens Valley working for a factory that was going to steal the water from you and give it to Los Angeles?
0: You weren't qualified for that. You were a farmer. You didn't know how to do <laughs> that. They sent people who learned from books they got in the library. It would also take 23 siphons because this aqueduct was going to be powered entirely by gravity so the water source was at a high enough elevation that could be pushed all the way down to LA by the force of gravity alone with the water dropping it would drop about 11 feet every mile so this made things a little simpler since there were no pumps that had to be used but they did need siphons in the valleys that they had to go through because that created the pressure to push it down one side of the valley fast enough to get it up the other side the hardest being Jawbone Canyon and Uh, you punched me in the chair
2: there's no Jawbone Canyon when I say that I hit
0: people. That's my trigger word. (laughs) That's my Manchurian candidate word. Jawbone Canyon. (laughs) So the people actually doing the hard labor here, there were some 4,000 men of all sorts of ethnicities. There were Montenegrins, there were Greeks, Italians, Bulgarians, Serbians, Swiss, Mexicans, Native Americans. Around this time, the old gold rush towns were folding up. So basically, most of the washed up old prospectors came to work on the aqueduct. Just battle scarred, forceful people. People who would be mean to me.
2: Overalls, weird hats,
0: pickaxes. (laughs) Four teeth between all of them that they had to share during dinner meals. There were 57 work camps, and most of the men were paid 2.25 dollars a day, with small bonuses to workers who exceeded their daily quota to keep things moving along. They incentivized. Only 43 people died during the construction, which is not well, that's bad. that's it. Yeah. Hey, you know how many people died building the... Uh, I don't know. Hollywood sign. Probably. I don't know. How many people died building the? Uh, uh, my car? <laughs> not too many people died, but it was brutal working conditions. The hardest of hard labor... In the desert. So like 110 degrees. Real desert, not semi-arid. Hard
2: work magnified.
0: Yeah. Everything's hotter in the desert. That's just truth. Some of the workers tried to unionize. That was quickly stomped out. I'm so, sure. so no, that's the forty-three dead. Yeah, forty-three men tried to unionize. I don't know if there's a connection. <laughs> so to unwind, the workers would drink a lot. There were saloons and brothels set up nearby the work camps, and the men would just go in, give their paycheck to the bartender, and said, "Let me know when that's gone." So Mulholland had said that whiskey built the aqueduct. That was the only thing keeping them going. The drinking started getting so out of hand that in 1910, the Board of Public Works passed a bill saying no saloons could operate within four miles of the work camps and that shut down 30 saloons. That just meant men had to walk five miles after work to go drink their brains out. All this led up to the big day. November 5th, 1913. Dedication Day. It took almost six years to build and they finished 20 months early and $40,000 under budget. Who knows where that went. That's nothing
2: to these guys yeah. now.
0: They spent it on dinner that night to celebrate. <laughs> so the whole thing 233 miles long making it the world's longest aqueduct and the biggest water project in the world. Wow! It was a nationally Admired triumph! triumph It was on a scale second only to the Panama Canal, which would have been useful for him. <laughs> what? And <In> what? <laughs> Does the boat walk? <laughs> so this was the country's biggest project since the Transcontinental Railroad. That's oh, crazy. And over 30,000 people came up to the hills of what is now Silmar to see the great unveiling. They gathered around the 150-foot open air cascade that's still there. Yeah. It was made open air just for show. It's oh, really? Just, it's just for fun. It so, is fun. Yeah, it and, actually is fun. And I can bathe in it. Uh, Wash my butt in uh, it. Suck on this, Silmar. <laughs> so attended got commemorative vials of aqueduct water and they got penance and penance for what they did to the orange valley let this be a beginning for you a beginning of the great forgiveness it becomes holy water when it comes to la <laughs> so a band played in a soprano named ellen beach yaw aka the california nightingale she was dressed in ostrich feathers and sang the song hail the waters mayor h.h H. rose <laughs> no relation yeah no relation to the most handsome criminal i've ever
2: seen <laughs> He built a different kind of castle. It was a nice castle for nice people.
0: There were still chutes and chambers, but it was just for fun. There were chutes and ladders, but it was just a board game. Is this a hidden room full of whoopee cushions? (laughs) No, 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 no. no, 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 This is where I incinerate all my used Chinese finger traps. (laughs) No, (laughs) say it so. H.H. Rose, he was there. Then it came time for Mulholland to give a speech. I don't know if there was more to it than this, but this was the full transcript I found. The aqueduct is completed and it is good. No one knows better than I how much we needed the water. We had the fertile lands and the climate. Only water was needed to make this region a tremendously rich and productive empire, and now we have it. This rude platform is an altar, and on it we are here consecrating this water supply and dedicating the aqueduct to you and your children and your children's children for all time. Then he paused and said, That's all.
2: Harrison Ford winning an award? Wow.
0: (laughs) Thanks for the aqueduct. I know. Nah. So then he unfurled an American flag on a flagpole. Flagpole sitter, however danger was there. He was the band. And some cannons launched, and they turned the levers at 1.15 p.m. After a few seconds, finally, some black water came spewing through all the dust through the cascade, but it quickly turned clear and flowed into the upper Van Norman Lake and reservoir, and the water was finally in Los Angeles. That's when Mulholland said his famous line, there it is, take it. So the aqueduct that many said was impossible to build and others said would carry typhoid into the city <laughs> was now flowing. Powerful stuff. I'm done. Don't and we there, both and wish. There, no. So the band started playing, children started splashing around in the water, Gross. and people clapped and threw their hats and honked their car horns for 20 minutes straight. Oh my.
2: What about the doormats?
0: Your doormats are safe ah. forever. And then they all returned back to the uptight lives of the 19-teens, <laughs> Then LA... Put switch. your clothes back on. Children, Mm -hmm. get back in your corsets. (laughs) LA's population at that time was around 300,000. That was 1913? 1913, yeah. This water could supply millions, so they were ready to grow. This was a great time for the city. A day later after this, the Natural History Museum also opened, so basically the next two weeks were one continuous party going on. (laughs) Look Um, at all these
3: bones!
0: (laughs) Water for everybody, but you gotta pay.
2: 1913. Dinosaurs still alive then, right? Yeah. It was more of a zoo
0: back then. (laughs) (laughs) And now the way was paved for a huge population increase, and in the meantime, Mm -hmm. the valley could now become the orange paradise it was destined to be. Mulholland was a hero. His big ditch, as some called it, earned him the nickname The Chief and the title of California's Greatest Man. But not everybody was pleased with him. No, who? He had made a lot of enemies up north. When the matter was legally settled and the construction on the aqueduct began, the people of the Owens Valley just accepted their fate and things settled down as resentment made itself their new export. But one of the men responsible for all of this got greedy. And it wasn't who you'd expect and it wasn't towards who you'd expected. Eaton had a side plan of his own to try to get himself a nice little payday out of all this. He had bought up all the land needed to know his valley and he sold it back to the city for cheap, but there was one piece of land he bought as a future investment just for himself. Long Valley. So things were all going well with the aqueduct, but Mulholland knew that if there was a natural disaster like an earthquake along the San Andreas Fault, which the aqueduct crosses, or just another drought, there would be a problem because they had no reservoir close to the source of the water just in case. So Mulholland wanted to go one step further with this project and build a reservoir on some land north of Bishop, problem was that was Long Valley and Eaton owned it. So the city figured that's great, Eaton owns it, so it's ours already. They asked him to sell it to them, and Eaton said, sure for a million dollars. Wow.
2: Ace in the hole. That's mm-hmm. the definition of having an ace yep. in the
0: hole. That's why I'm telling you we've got to buy land. Nah. <laughs> we've, we've got no to No one's ever thought somebody. of this before. We've
2: got to buy land. we got to
0: invest. That's the key to success, investment. <laughs> we just buy
2: land and somewhere that's going to be needed in like 10 years. We'll just know. We'll just look at the land and we'll know that it'll be needed <laughs> well, in 10 years. Have you ever seen Hemet, California?
0: <laughs> that was the end of the relationship between oh. Mulholland and De- Eaton.
2: I, hear, I bet their last words were a million dollars. He's like, well, we're not friends anymore.
0: <laughs> and then all all he heard was a slam. <laughs> Mulholland was disgusted by Eaton's selfish cash grab, and he called it extortion and refused to pay it. And then, of course, in 1923, another drought hit. And by that point, the oh. city was so big that a dried up aqueduct wasn't going to provide enough water for the city.
2: That's crazy that you know. just had to wait. He's it, like, okay, I'll wait. Yeah, I'll wait.
0: I'll I'm, wait. Not no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. And we needed that reservoir, but Eaton wouldn't budge on the price. And out of spite, neither did Mulholland. <laughs> so instead, Mulholland decided to just tap into the groundwater of the Owens Valley in the meantime and try to buy more water rights from the farmers to get more of the river contributing to the aqueduct. Problem was, by this time, the farmers of the Owens Valley had formed a united resistance, and this resistance was led by the Waterson brothers, Wilfred and Mark, who owned the Inyo County Bank, which was the main bank of that part of the state. Sons of the Waters. So their plan was to unite the farmers and create an Owens Valley Irrigation District that would claim control of all these different farmers' land rights, and in doing so, tie up control of of all future land LA Perfect. might want. Yeah. So problem was, Mulholland somehow found out that this was being planned. Oh. So shortly before that, before the creation of this irrigation district could be legally finalized, two agents sent by Mulholland went to the Owens Valley one night and started offering prices for the land that these farmers that were not yet part of the irrigation district couldn't refuse. In one night, they bought over a million dollar worth of land rights, completely foiling the plans the oh, Waterson brothers man. had. But the Watterson brothers were crafty. So their new plan was now to convince the farmers who owned the water rights above those ones oh. that Mulholland had just bought to divert their water away from flowing oh. into Mulholland's <laughs> wow. land. So now this million dollars worth of land that he just bought was completely dry. So Mulholland was now the foiled one. The egg <laughs> is on your face. Yeah, spy versus spy. And the drought was just getting worse. So in the spring of 1923, he had to let all the crops of the San Fernando Valley die, but he had a new plan. We're all just going to eat dead crops.
2: (laughs) Uh, Eat dirt. I know it used to be a a way to slam each other, but let's just try it.
0: You trusted me once. (laughs) So he was just going to one-up them and buy the water rights above those water rights that they were diverting and just diverted away from them. But by this point, the farmers saw this game that was being played and they were asking crazy amounts of money for the water rights that Mulholland was seeking and Mulholland didn't want to pay. So instead, he went higher above those people to a part of the big pine canal that LA already owned that had a sharp U bend in it yeah. like it went like down and then up their plan was to cut a new canal out of that u bend and divert the water around these farmers who were holding out and reconnecting it way back down to the land that la owned this was legal i think but it was really dirty so to fight it the farmers were done negotiating they got together what they called a shotgun injunction okay of 20 men with guns sura- they surrounded the u bend construction site they said we don't want any shooting but we're not going to let you make that cut. And then threw all of Mulholland's equipment in the river and guarded the site for two days. Wow. When the farmers saw that LA was not looking for physical violence, they left the site and reopened negotiations for the water rights. And after two months of deliberation, LA finally caved in and the farmers sold out for $1.1 million. And this was selling out in the strictest sense for the farmers. But you have to realize is that that much money let a lot of families cash out of this crazy game and actually survive with their livelihoods intact. Because this was not going to end well for them. Yeah, they
2: couldn't go to war with Mulholland.
0: Yeah, and seeing that much money changing hands inspired farmers even further north in the Owens Valley to want that kind of payout as well. So they started, they're like, well, we're going to divert our water sources. Yeah,
2: until it's, you pay me one point yeah, one. Yeah, so they'd 8%.
0: force them to do it for those prices. And this was working. They were like, all right, whatever. Let's just buy it. We'll buy it. We'll buy it. And even the ones that really didn't want to give up their land were afraid not to because the resistance was crumbling. They didn't want to be the only farmers left in the Owens Valley fighting Los Angeles yeah. on their own, having to maintain their part of the river all by themselves, that would ruin them. So one by one, all the farmers sold their water rights to Los Angeles, but there was still the upper upper part of the owens valley and the watersons knew that this was their final bargaining chip <laughs> meanwhile the drought was still going strong so in march 1924 Mulholland stopped all irrigation in the san fernando valley until rain came so the farmers of the san fernando valley sent a delegation themselves to the owens valley to try to negotiate something with the waterson brothers because they too were on the verge of losing their livelihood like yeah. farmer to farmer to farmer. Farmer, farmer we are farmers bum 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 and we're not paying you the waterson brothers showed them there was a ton of beautiful pure water in the uppermost part of the owens valley you could have it if you want it's going to cost you eight million (laughs) dollars so so the san fernando valley reported this back to los angeles and two months later they heard him scream from the owens valley (laughs) (laughs) what huh <laughs> so two months later, the city responded to the Watersons offer by suing them to get them to stop fooling around with their water rights. You could sue someone for that? Because they here's the thing they own those water rights yeah. and they had to let the water flow freely into the lower valley because they paid to have those rights. Okay. With the assumption that that, you know, like you're I paid for these goods and you're preventing me from getting these goods. I see. So the Watersons refused to go to court on this and even if they did, they knew they wouldn't win but they needed either that money from LA or they needed that water because their land was failing so they did the only thing they could think of to do and they launched a new strategy. Violence. I got it. <laughs> Remember that shotgun injunction? So on the night of May twentieth, nineteen twenty-four, a group of forty Owens Valley farmers went into the and Waterson Inc. General Store, which was the store that was owned by the Watterson brothers, and they walked out of it with three boxes of dynamite. They drove a few miles north of Lone Pine and laid the dynamite along a section of the aqueduct. And a little after one a.m., they blew their load, as it were. So the explosion just uh, strange angel. <laughs> the explosion blew up forty feet of the aqueduct. But here's the thing, it
2: just the- made it stronger.
0: Well, the most of the debris flew up in the air and then fell back down on it, clogging the hole. So it kept all the water. Ah, <laughs> so it was damaged, much. but it didn't do anything. So the dramatic plan didn't work, but shots were fired and yeah. thus began what the newspapers called the Owens Valley War or California's Little Civil War, but is now known better today as the Water Wars. So Mulholland, of course, was furious. Yeah, <laughs> He launched an investigation and offered a $10,000 reward for who did it, but nobody was ever caught. Mulholland called all the residents of the Owens Valley yellow cowards, And in response, they said that if he ever set foot in the valley again, they would lynch him. He responded, they wouldn't have the nerve. And all of Bakersfield went, oh. (laughs) So despite these threats, Mulholland and his representatives set foot in the Owens Valley and spoke with the Watterson brothers, who told him that the only fair solution was to buy the Upper Valley from them for $8 million. Mulholland said, we're not going to pay that. But instead, he agreed that for a lower price, he would make sure that the remaining farmers would get enough water to survive and that the city of LA would also pay to improve their highway so that they could get a tourist trade going. Okay. Help them out a little bit. The Waterson brothers thought about it for a while and their response came on November 16th, 1924. Mark Waterson led a troop of some 70 armed Owens Valley men <laughs> to oh, one man. of the control gates of the aqueduct called the Alabama Gates just north of Lone Pine again and took control of the place and diverted the water flowing through it out of the aqueduct and into the riverbed. The local workers noticed something was wrong so an aqueduct representative went over to see what was happening and they yelled at him, stay away. He came closer and they dangled a noose out the window, warning Uh. him, stay away. So he told them to leave and they said not gonna do it. It wasn't urgent though. This place that they took, it's not like a cut off water coming to LA. It wasn't a strategic location or anything. The Owens Valley people were just doing this to make a statement and to publicize their cause. And it worked. Newspapers all over the state and the country and even as far away as France and Sweden were reporting on what was happening in the Owens Valley. And it went exactly as they hoped because they were being portrayed as the underdog. Yeah. So now the public opinion in California was in support of the Owens Valley Farmers. Part of LA was even in support of the Owens, like you, in support of the Owens Valley Farmers. You love an underdog.
2: I like watching underdogs lose.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My favorite part of Rocky is when he loses. Ah. So Mulholland got the local sheriff to go make the farmers leave and he gave out 75 restraining orders, which were all immediately thrown into the diverted (laughs) water. And then the crowd carried the sheriff back into his car and told him to go away. Mulholland then tried to get arrest warrants, but the local judge wouldn't do it because he was sympathetic to the farmers. So then he tried to get the National Guard sent in, but the governor was sympathetic to the farmers. (laughs) And this quickly became like a huge thing in the Owens Valley. On the second day of the occupation, there were 700 people there just hanging out in support. It became like a celebration almost in the area. Most of the residents of Bishop closed up shop to just be there. They put out signs on their doors saying like, if I am not on the job, you can find me at the aqueduct. <laughs> on the fourth day, there were 1,500 people there and they just turned it into a big barbecue and they invited the sheriff that they had thrown into his car and they even invited the aqueduct employees. Everyone wow. was just kind of having fun. <laughs> yeah. So meanwhile, Wilfred Waterson was down in LA at the time trying to convince whoever he could with influence to get the city to buy out the Upper Valley. So his plea was either buy out all of us or leave us all alone. But the bankers in LA told Wilfred that if he didn't call Off What his brother was doing at the Alabama gates, they'd cut off the credit to their bank. But if he did make it stop, they would do what they could to try to find a good solution for both sides. So on that fourth day, Wilfred went back up north and told everyone to disperse from the gate and they waited to see what would come next. So luckily, Mulholland agreed to buy up the rest of the valley gradually and the war seemed to be over. But then the merchants in Owens Valley started getting greedy and they said they wanted reparations for the business they lost from so many local farms failing. And Mulholland, of course, denied any reparations responsibility for yeah. that and said, we're not going to pay you that. And then the negotiations for the last of the major ditches in the valley, the Owens River Canal, they were abandoned over a matter of $41,000. So in frustration, that farmers dynamited the water wells in Bishop and the war was back on. Oh, <laughs> tempestuous. <laughs> they wish they had a tempest. Nah. On March 19th, 1927, the Watersons launched what they called the last stand. They took an ad in the paper saying that the people of the Owens Valley were dying. So feeling public pressure, four days later, Mulholland gave a deadline to when the city would buy those last parts of land, and then the deadline passed and nothing was bought. Then 10 days later, a letter was sent to LA officials warning that if they didn't do something, their actions would inflame real American citizens to violence. The city made no reply.
2: Two <laughs> this weeks, is my reply. No reply.
0: <laughs> two weeks later, 10 men in masks went to one of the biggest sections of the aqueduct, the no-name siphon cone. They captured the guards and blew it up, oh. sending all the water gushing into the desert. Mulholland was living. He told the paper that he couldn't give them a comment without using unprintable language. He was getting hundreds of threatening letters, but he said, I half regretted the demise of so many of the Valley's orchard trees because now there were no longer enough trees to hang all the troublemakers who lived there. You can print that. I will say this. He had had enough of them and now he wanted all their water, just to yeah. spite them. He said if it were up to him, he'd have the entire Yosemite Valley photographed, and then he would build a dam from one side to the other and stop the goddamn waste. Whoa. So not not long after this, two more explosions were detonated along the aqueduct. So to defend the place, Mulholland sent a trainload of World War One veterans with horses and machine guns to guard the aqueduct, and they told if they saw anything, shoot to kill. <gasps> the very next night, there was another explosion, so he sent in reinforcements. So now there were searchlights on the highway at night, any car passing by got flagged down and searched. So in retaliation to this, the Wattersons got 60 Winchester rifles secretly shipped into a hardware store in Bishop and distributed them amongst the farmers. There were no gun battles that ever broke out, but even with the guards, the aqueduct was dynamited 14 times in two months. It became so common, they called it shooting the duck. (laughs) To end this, Mulholland knew he needed to take down the people organizing the resistance, the Watterson brothers. So Mulholland went to Sacramento and told the state government that he believed corporate funds were being used for these attacks and the state should investigate the Waterson's. So they did and they sent a guy to Bishop to look into these claims and what they found was not what Mulholland had hoped for it was way better. <laughs> they found that at one of the Watterson banks, there was $2.3 million suspiciously missing from the books. What they found was that this money wasn't being used for explosives and guns. No. It turns out, Wilfred had made a ton of bad investments, and the Waterson brothers were deeply in debt and embezzling the money of the farmers that they had in their bank that they were supposedly helping. Uh. So this is why the Watterson brothers never wanted to go to court, and why they needed LA to buy them out so bad to get out of this debt. So yeah. on August 4th, 1927, the Waterson Brothers banks closed and on November 11th the two were sentenced to 10 years in San Quentin. So without the Waterson Brothers the resistance had no leaders and it fell apart. They were defeated from the inside and wow. the war was over. In 1929 the last of the land was bought by the city of LA. Then in 1930 the city voted to spend $12 million in bonds to buy up most of the cities of Big Pine and Bishop, which I had no idea a city could buy other cities. Yeah. So this was LA's way of kind of admitting a small amount of guilt in all this and trying to make things right. Like well, just take your land from you yeah. let this be over la now owns some 95 percent of the owens valley which would come in handy a decade later when la leased that land to the u.s government to build an internment camp for japanese americans during world war ii in manzanar in that's the owens how
2: valley. that works yep you know i we never sold knew
0: that them, profiteering <laughs> by the mid-30s la finally bought eaton's long valley property and the dam there was finished in 1941 creating crowley lake which if it had been built 20 years earlier it would have solved all of the water problems LA was having and the war would never have happened. One guy said, we cannot but regret that this enterprise was not constructed long ago. There would have been less of history to forget. They also extended the aqueduct to 338 miles north into the Mono Basin to get even more water. But by that point, the leaders of the Los Angeles side had also been defeated. Eaton had driven himself into financial ruin, holding out for LA to buy his land from him and to get around Eaton's demands. Mulholland, instead of building just one big dam on that land, decided to build several dams instead, one of which being the St. Francis Dam.
2: You should probably listen to this ep- yeah, that episode to right it. after yeah, this.
0: That's a that's a good button to this. <laughs> yeah, that's a good... The man gets humbled. <laughs> that had to be built quickly since they were behind schedule waiting for Eaton to give in, yeah. which then collapsed along with Mulholland's career. Yeah. Eaton died bankrupt in 1934 and said before I died, I want it written on my monument that I helped build the aqueduct. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so Mulholland died just a year later on July 22nd, 1935. But before he did, he said he had a dream of himself and Eaton and they were walking around together again as young men friends again, but somehow he knew that they were both already dead. <laughs> this destroyed both of these wow. men. But these two dead guys were the lucky ones. The people left in the Owens Valley still had to live with the consequences of all of this. The biggest yes. being that the Owens Lake dried completely in 1924. But the thing was, this wasn't just a lake full of clean water you could drink. The water that went into this lake was immediately polluted because Owens Lake was a dead sea. So when it dried, it left a salt flat the size of San Francisco. But salt doesn't just sit there. Once winds start blowing, the salt gets kicked up, and what comes off of the dry Owens Lake are massive toxic dust storms. So They sometimes would shut down Highway 395 and could stretch over 20 miles long of dust. Toxic dust. The pollutants in these storms are called PM10, and the federal health standard for that pollutant is 150 micrograms per cubic meter. A storm there in 2001 recorded 20,754 per cubic meter. So for a while, the Owens Lake was the biggest source of dust pollution in the country. That's crazy. Yeah, because we had to take two baths a day. Ah. Nearby residents would have to put plastic over their doors and windows and they were at serious risk for lung damage. They didn't know what to do for a while because they couldn't refill it because LA needed the water. So they For they, fountains. Yeah, for that one in Olvera Street. Yeah. It looks really good. So they tried gravel and tires and old rail ties since the 90s. But in 2003, a court ordered the DWP to curb this pollution. So since then, they've spent over a billion dollars and the current solution has been to put 30 billion gallons of water a year back into the lake. The pollution levels have dropped some like 90%, but now is saying that they're now being asked to control dust that they're not responsible for. So the drama continues. And last year, residents of the Owens Valley started to buy back some of the land uh-huh. and the water rights. So that could spell trouble for LA in the future. Also, so could splitting California into three, because that yeah. means that this water is going to be going through three states, which would ruin everything. I uh, don't know. But on the plus side, LA built them a sculpture memorializing the river that <laughs> used yeah. to be there. so they could uh, that should control the dust even with all that the city went through to get this water it wasn't enough water quickly in October 1923 Mulholland put in place a six year survey to select land and see if it were possible to tap into the Colorado River and bring it to LA as well we made enemies of yet another city in doing this by pushing aside San Diego who had similar plans at the time and in 1941 the Colorado River Aqueduct was completed and is now much longer than the Owens Valley one even though it it happened after his time he's the one who started that this led to the creation of the Metropolitan Water District which serves all of LA and most of Orange County. It works together with the DWP which, by the way, was officially formed in 1937. But even that wasn't enough. They opened up a second Owens Valley Aqueduct in 1970, this time pumping from the groundwater, which destroyed the area on an even deeper level. So this added 50% more water capacity, making for 430 million gallons of water a day. But when another drought hit in 1976, LA upped the amount of groundwater being pumped, ah. which angered a Owens Valley resident on September 15th to dynamite, one of the Alabama Hills gatehouses, causing a loss of 100 million gallons. Then a day after that, someone shot an arrow with a stick of dynamite attached to it into the Mulholland Memorial Fountain in Los Feliz. But it didn't blow up and no one was ever found who did that.
2: I Even though you can stick dynamite on an arrow. But
0: this was just a fluke flare-up and nobody else put up a fight. They were just defeated. LA now gets its water from a combination of the Colorado River, the San Joaquin, Sacramento River Delta, groundwater and desalinization. But just 25 to 30% of it is coming from the Owens Valley now. But for 90 years, the Owens Valley Aqueduct gave LA over 60% of its water. Wow. That let us blow past San Francisco and exceed everyone's expectations of what kind of city we'd become. People say that we stole the water, but we stole it fair and square. Yeah. That's it, how it works.
2: I, I like to think of it as legal stealing. Yeah,
0: like LA started out kind of shady, but then they got legitimate, and then the farmers got shady, but you can't really blame them because they were frustrated and you can also say...
2: And those are livelihood.
0: You could say like, well, they did agree to sell the land, how can they complain? But that wasn't their first plan. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't want it. One farmer...
2: It was sold under false pretest into the well.
0: No, the people who knew later on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One farmer who was leaving the Owens Valley after selling out said it's not the loss of the home or the garden, it's the loss of the years and the the hope and the endeavor Ooh. the towns of the Owens Valley wanted to have the chance to become the kind of city LA became but we took that from them and we won <laughs> suckers that as i now take a drink, uh, a drink of, of beautiful a, owens uh, valley water water
2: that you've needed for maybe an hour of talking mm. that's insane that's so much um, epic opera like storytelling
0: yeah it, it was it's a grand rise and fall of yeah. lunatics and egomaniacs uh, like i'm a, talking about the farmers
2: like a rags to riches story when the riches has to then turn around and fight rags for embezzling and, money. Then, becomes and then becomes rags again and then becomes <laughs> rags again from rags
0: to rags no. those are the water wars we <laughs> yeah, always hear about we
2: always hear about
0: yeah it's completely different from China too.
2: it's all fake I made the most of that up there's no own valley
0: uh, Roman Polanski wrote this story it's good that we you know we are sort of diversifying where we get our water from but at the same yeah. time Colorado River like then Mexico doesn't get the water yeah. not that anyone in America cares anymore but I mean I know desalinization is really expensive but yeah. like pay the money <laughs> we kind of need to we do kinda, that
2: yeah it reminds me of when we were talking about talking about Alex and like how we can like once we thought we were set yeah we yeah i know i was thinking about and more that too and more well everything in the water yeah everything is city. like
0: well we built 10 buildings we'll never need more than that yeah
2: <laughs> this will get us through three weeks the city is very hungry and
0: thirsty and mm-hmm. it, it swallows a uh, lives whole <laughs> And that's been LA Meekly. And that's been LA Meekly. (laughs) Here's some information you can swallow whole. Hey, leave us some reviews on iTunes. That'd be nice. It helps us out. It helps build our credibility to people and it helps get more people listening, which helps us keep going and Mm -hmm. do more of these shows for you. If you have an iPhone, just open your podcast app. Go to Allie Meekly. Leave some stars, some reviews, some words, however you feel about us. Um, Follow
2: us on social media. We're on Instagram, Allie underscore Meekly. We're on Facebook at Allie Meekly. Sounds
0: like you've been drinking from the San Joaquin River. You're, um, you're a little grimly um, oh, You've been licking at the Owens been, River lakes. I've been taking the-
2: baths in the smallpox waters. <laughs> uh, we're on Twitter at Allie Meekly. Search Facebook, like I said, for Allie Meekly. Our main page is allameekly.tumblr.com. That's where we, our main hub, is the episode archive and yeah, stuff.
0: Everything's there. Uh, we're also on Stitcher. We never mentioned that. We never mentioned. that. Uh, we're also on YouTube. We have yeah. a whole YouTube channel of we all of our stuff and videos of our live shows and that sort of thing. Yeah. If you have a comment or suggestion, you can email us at la.meekly at gmail.com or if you want to be the subject of a field trip episode where we could come interview you or someone you know at a historic or interesting place in LA, we'll go there. We
2: are on Patreon. Oh, yeah. Feel free to uh, subscribe. <laughs> uh, <you> can, <laughs> we have different tiers with different rewards. Yeah,
0: and we're like, working on um, some actually very Good merchandise we are that's working coming up. Very so I good I think merchandise. People will be excited. Finally,
2: working on very good merchandise. Yeah.
0: Stuff that you'll be willing to pay top dollar for. Mm-hmm. 10 monthly, like we mentioned at the beginning, right. listen again. You can listen to. You do what? You do what? Question mark podcast <laughs> that we went on with our friend Cindy Arvina. <laughs> yeah. In episode one, there's some sort of Phantom Menace, and we talk about how we became friends. In episode two, there's some sort of War of the Clones, and we talk about how we do this podcast. So if you're interested in yeah. that, uh, listen to that. So do you have any closing thoughts, Greg?
2: I did a lot of research on water, and then it's I heard bragging. you talk a lot about water and now all i want to do is take three showers
0: <laughs> um, all i want to do is waste water
2: <laughs> it's so funny that so often in our podcast is a re- almost a response to la has no history and stuff like that that we we often mock just all the Mulholland stuff or even like the floodwaters and like how water has made this city yeah. what it is and like the little creek that turned into a big river or whatever. It's nice to hear it all laid out like well, that. Well, I
0: was also thinking about like, you know, when people ask like, what's the Mount Rushmore of Los Angeles? First of all, there is no Mount Rushmore. That's in <laughs> b- Wyoming or whatever. Yeah, <sighs> Stupid people. Anyway. Rush less. Yeah, Mulholland is on there. I, yeah. I don't know who else would be there, but Mulholland is definitely. Maybe Mulholland. he's all four faces. No, <laughs> <I> <laughs> the don't. four side. There's up and coming in his prime and then defeated. Yeah yeah and then uh, his his death mask his death mask <laughs> which we all wear of william Mulholland yeah, at the masquerade parties. The last one
2: is um, John Houston from Chinatown.
0: <laughs> Important guy. He got to keep the road Mulholland Drive. He did, which is interesting though because it, you know, it straddles the valley and the city, which is, you know, he was kind of one foot in each one. Yeah. Only one of the feet were wet, but <laughs> but that, they took his name right off the Mulholland Dam. Oh yeah, no.
2: <laughs> What's that? What broke? Okay, yeah, we're gonna call this a Hollywood <laughs> Reservoir now.
0: <clears throat> but what about that road? <laughs> Where he's going, he doesn't need roads. <laughs> there was the Back to the Future reference, got and with that, in. we can find. End the episode (laughs) So we'll see you Next month For uh, yet another Episode of L.A. Meekly And that's been Yet another episode Of L.A. Meekly (laughs) I don't remember How to do this Oh yeah You're bad at it Holding on to our Doormats for dear life Since 2013 I'm thirsty Does anyone have any Water (laughs) I can borrow From up north